0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
2: Morning all, paper uh, Paperwise uh, This morning, well, uh, we know now of more no-shows with regards to vaccination centres. Uh, we were talking yesterday about no-shows at Porky Cueve on day. 20% didn't turn up, and then the next day, 25% didn't turn up. The papers this morning say that there was 572 jab no-shows uh, at a Dublin vaccination centre. Indeed, here on Lee side, there's criticism of what they call in the front of the echo, the vaccine shambles. That's um, the Cork Sinn Féin TD, Thomas Gould, say he's been contacted constantly by people on a daily basis who had appointments, and the appointments were cancelled because their GPs hadn't received The expected amount. And at the same time, you have no shows down in Parky Cueve. Actually, there's another like-minded story, vaccination-wise, also making the echo today, uh, where um, the mass vaccination centre at the City Hall is still not being used. How can you use it, I suppose, if you don't have vaccines to distribute in them? But there's criticism of that as well But the Lord Mayor, and I spoke to him earlier in the week saying it was only going to be a matter of uh, weeks before the City Hall Centre would be used, but now he's saying uh, that it's critically important uh, and that he thinks that it should be rolled out faster. At least he's saying it's about time City Hall's vaccination centre got up and running. Then you heard of issues regarding the Beacon Hospital. Now we hear of the Coombe that makes the Irish Times this morning uh, where a doctor at the Coombe Maternity Hospital in Dublin took vaccines home to vaccinate family members and that's unfortunate and sad to hear. Doc took shots home for the family. Papers also this morning talk of uh, the booking system where Stephen Donnelly was told that it was being exploited by HSC staff who weren't frontline staff and getting vaccinated and that they were exploiting it is a kind word to use, but let's stay with exploiting it. And that he was told about the fact that there were flaws in this jab system 10 days before the portal and the ability for HSC staff to get the job, even though they weren't frontline, uh, was taken down. Meanwhile, of course, we do know that there's been a decrease in the amount of people in hospital. There's been a decrease in the amount of people in uh, in ICU and the Echo picks up on that this morning in quite some detail because they talk particularly about Cork hospitals, the Cuh. And Indeed, the mercy. You all know of the dubs being caught training and the training breach. That makes the front page of many of the red tops this morning and the suspension of the Dublin manager, Desi Farrell. That's on all the front pages. He's been banned uh, for 12 weeks. Um, And they also talk in the star this morning, in spite of what everybody was talking about yesterday and critical of teachers. And I will come back to that for a little while this morning. I just have some of my own thoughts on that. But the number of COVID-19 cases amongst pupils and teachers because they've looked at the first six weeks back and it was very, very low and it had no huge impact at all on the overall infection rate according to this study that's out. But one interesting story that makes the echo today is that shoplifting continues to be a problem in Cork City and that's despite... The lockdown, and despite the fact that many shops are closed, but the ones that are open would be likes of Centra's uh, and supermarkets and things. And Kevin Hurley, he has quoted, and he's got the Centra shop on Oliver Plunker Street. I think he's got others besides that. I think he might have a few of them. He said uh, that shoplifting is still a problem. He uh, is quoted in the Examiner, the, the Echo this morning, as saying that it's still very prevalent. Pretty much anything has been taken, although mainly food you've got to wonder why. And then there is a shoplifting related story uh, making uh, The Independent today. It might probably makes the Cork Papers as well. It has a photograph of, well, as well of Kathleen uh, McDonough. I think it was a photograph that was taken back in the day by the, the Sunday World. But you might remember the original story with, with Kathleen uh, McDonough because uh, she made international headlines, including... Uh, I believe, um, Time magazine, when she uh, damaged and opened uh, a one euro fifty box of a tube of Pringles in Tesco shopping center um, back in 2016. Uh, She was jailed in 2018 for that and she was back before the courts again because she's been jailed again now. Uh, for uh, three months in relation to the theft of 392 euro worth of false eyelashes. So that makes the papers today. And also for those of you that are working from home or indeed not working from home, but taking work home, the mail this morning says, late night emails from your boss, you are now entitled to ignore it. There are new codes out and it pretty much follows on France, who I believe is a country where the first... To roll this out where you have the right to disconnect from work and get yourself a better work life balance. It's an interesting tale in the mail today uh, where people can just ignore stuff if it's outside. Certainly, certainly if it's very late, you know, it's like, it's like somebody, it's like, isn't it like somebody ringing you at six o'clock? By and large, people are eating at six o'clock, you know, (laughs) even social calls shouldn't happen at six o'clock. But if you were to get an email at quarter to 10 at night, You know, I mean, that's a bit OTT, isn't it? So that's the story that makes this morning's papers today with the right to switch off. The star this morning has a very interesting take on a priest who was asked um, why. He says, over the years, for many years, he says, 20 years in my priestly ministry, I've been involved in blessing ceremonies of every description. He says, I've blessed pets. I've blessed cows, crops, rings. I've blessed cars. I've even blessed tractors. Yet a same-sex couple who request a simple blessing on their union are turned away by the Catholic Church. And the priest is asking why the Church would ban him from blessing a same-sex marriage when he can bless a pet. Of course, we know that the Pope has ruled that the clerics can't do it because you can't bless sin. I suppose we need reminding of that with the long weekend ahead and Easter Sunday and the events of Good Friday and what have you. But anybody love the Dragon's Den? Um, a big fan of the Dragon's Den back in the day. Not, not so much anymore. You kind of go off these things. But, of course, with the Irish version of it, which was great, and the British version, which kicked it off, which was terrific. And as, well as we all know the stories of Reggae, Reggae Sauce. And I talked about this last week um, because that was one of the big hits uh, where Reggae, Reggae Sauce Man um, came on the show and got 25 grand from uh, Peter Jones and Richard Farley at the time for a 40% share in the Jamaican barbecue sauce. Um Levi Roots was the guy. You might remember he came up the steps playing a reggae tune on his guitar. He was a right funky dude and he's got a multi million. I'm talking multi million euro business now which he started in his kitchen in a saucepan with his granny's recipes a fabulous story. But they talk today about the fact that many of the show um, items that were agreed on the show itself to invest money fell apart afterwards. Pretty much 50% of them didn't come to fruition because it turned out that the numbers and the projections and everything like that, when they actually drilled into it afterwards... Weren't accurate. They weren't saying they were false, but they just weren't accurate. So apparently they walked away from 50, 50% of those. But for those of you that remember the Tangle teaser, um, they were all pitched and all five of them turned down the Tangle teaser, which was a detangling hairbrush, apparently, um, that went on then to exceed sales of a hundred million pounds. <laughs> They got that one so so wrong there was another one then that they got wrong apparently called the Trunky now the Trunky was a children's luggage range that they also turned down, a guy called Rob Law left the den with nothing and has sold more than 3 million items of the children's luggage range so far So they don't always get it right. And if you are a texter, you might want to be very careful with regards to the emojis that you're sending. Because the thumbs up emoji is just super, super old. If you don't want to be perceived as old, particularly amongst 19 to 29 year olds, do not send a thumbs up emoji. Mind you. Um, 19 to 29-year-olds think that anybody over 40 is old anyway, so you're not going to win with those. And if you're a fan of the movies and you got a few, Bob, you might want to buy Al Pacino's suit. This is uh, Tony's suit in the movie. Um, Tony Montana, you know, say hello to my little friend. Well, Scarface, the movie, and the suit from it is set for auction at €70,000, should you wish, wish to purchase. Apparently, it's an online Uh, It even has his name stitched into the pocket, Al Pacino. So a fan of movies or memorabilia or a fan of Pacino with 70 grand spare can pick up the suit. Great movie for you. Watched it last night. It's absolutely terrific. Movie for the weekend on Netflix. It's called The Twelfth Man. The Twelfth Man. It has the great, one of the greatest actors ever. I think one of himself and... uh, Uh, And and, and Al Pacino, two great actors. Absolutely. I'm talking about Jonathan Rhys-Myers. He is one of the lead roles in The Twelfth Man. I won't spoil it for you. It's a war movie involving the Gestapo and the Germans and the SS in Norway. And it's a really great example. It's a true story of how somebody will go through so much to survive. You know, absolutely amazing the chase involved it's a two-hour movie of just trying i won't spoil it for you but it's a fantastic fantastic movie if you want to see how somebody can go through horrors of winter and snow and avalanches and ice just to stay alive it's called the 12 Manits on netflix it's well worth watch this weekend the neil prenderville show I think Killian Murphy and Jonathan rees are two terrific actors, and both of them from Cork. We don't big them up half enough. Anyway, lines open. Text 08, text one oh four one oh six. Straight to the phone lines. We go, Nina, good morning.
3: Hi, good morning, Neil. Well,
2: what, I, what I can't understand about this is your brother came back from South Africa and, went, and came into Cork, didn't he?
3: Correct, yeah.
2: Okay, I thought that there was a Cork quarantine hotel, No.
3: It was stipulated in the quarantine hotels initially, but um, he received a letter on email to say that he'd be transported up to Dublin um, with no reason or whatever. So we phoned the Cork Travel Lodge and they said they're not on the list at all. Um, so we don't know. I can only assume that it's because there's not enough flights and not enough people maybe, to compensate it. Yes. Yeah,
2: maybe, because I certainly read somewhere over the last week that the Travel Lodge was the Cork quarantine hotel. But no. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they have actually, they've also told us, we called them and they, they said this morning yeah. to us that they yeah, are not I'm on it. the list. Okay. So no quarantine hotel. So he flew and ended up in Cork. What happened then? This was Monday.
3: Right. So, you know, everything fine and whatever. And then he was met by the defense force who put him in a taxi. There was only one other gentleman on the flight uh, returning from Chile, who is an Irish person. And he was also transported up to Dublin uh, for the quarantine. They then um, went to the hotel. But, but hold on. he know, went. To, yeah.
2: how, did he, how did both him and the man coming in from Chile get to Dublin?
3: Um, they had separate taxis. They were given separate taxis in order to go up.
2: <laughs> and yep. who was in the taxi? I'm
3: only the taxi driver, I guess.
2: And your brother in the back seat with a mask on, is it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So two separate taxis travelled with both passengers, okay, um, to Dublin, to the Crown Plaza. I mean, that yeah. in itself sounds. Very expensive Odds. and odd. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, carry on, carry on.
3: So, uh, upon arrival, he was, you know, put into his room, which is the size of a postage stamp, and, you know, on the regulations, they did stipulate that there would be, uh, you know, breaks and whatever. Now, unfortunately for himself, he is a smoker. So, you know, he was, like, desperate to have a cigarette, and um, the taxi wouldn't stop, and the hotel said, no, 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 you aren't allowed to have any breaks until you've tested negative. And And was the taxi driver
2: in? Instructed, did he say not to stop on the route?
3: He just said, no, I'm not going to stop. You know, okay. I'm, I'm, I guess he just thought, well, you'll get there as fast as you can, you know, and, and that's it. So I'm not sure what, what he was told. But um, and, OK, I can understand that. But when he arrived at the hotel, they said to him, until you've been tested negative, you will have absolutely no breaks. So, um,
2: <laughs> Yeah um, is it no breaks until he has had a test until he has had a, a result, a result from negative. a test? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 After that, you stay in the quarantine, but you do get fresh air breaks. But until that happens, you're not out of the room.
3: You do not get fresh air breaks. You're yeah. in the room 24 hours.
2: So that was Monday night, yeah? Correct, yeah. Uh, did he get a test then?
3: He received a test on Tuesday at 11 o'clock in the morning um, and was told, you know, they can't guarantee a result until possibly 48 hours oh, for later. God's sake. okay. Yeah, so he had to stay in the room. Um, up until yesterday, there was no information given to him and then he... You know, phone receptionist, uh, no, sorry, a health nurse, like um, a mental health nurse phoned him and said, How are you doing? And, and whatever. And he said, Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, I'm doing what I can, but, um, you know, I'd like to be able to go for a fresh air break. Like, where are the results? And she said, Oh, yeah, haven't they, you know, haven't they communicated? And, and he said, No. She called back and she said, Yeah, okay, you've tested negative. And he said, Well, when did the results come in? So she said, Oh, like, a day
2: ago oh for god's sake and the man wants some bloody fresh air I know yeah well
3: just a little bit of a change of scenery Neil you know imagine sitting in a postage room and you aren't able you know to do anything
2: so he tested negative let's say on the on the Tuesday or the Wednesday maybe yeah and nobody bothered to tell him not at all for god's sake okay okay so then did he get out
3: So then three o'clock, half three yesterday, he was allowed out. And uh, I called him after and he said, you know, like they had said that I can't have any more breaks. So that was it. That was it for the whole of yesterday. How long
2: was he Um, out for, do you know?
3: uh, 15 minutes.
2: A 15 minute break a day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For a man who's tested negative. Yeah. And he's paying... About 150 euro uh, uh, per overnight. It works
3: out, exactly. It works out to be 156 a night.
2: Okay. And how's that working out from with regards to the food and things like that?
3: Oh, God, you know, I mean, you know, look, you can't be fussy. He's not in a, in a resort. You know, we're not on holiday over there. Which one can put up with? But, I mean, the food is, is really bad. You know, um, it's worse than aeroplane food, put it that way. So.
2: Um, could you just tell me what he's getting? Because the last time I spoke to a chap from Cork who was up there in quarantine, there was no choice. Uh, I think you could choose from three different types of the same curry, um, um, and I think uh, there might have been a bowl of soup at lunchtime or something. Is that Correct. is it still the same?
3: Yeah, it's very much the same. So it's still it's this curry, had, is it? Yeah, and and lamb stew, which looks like water, you know, um, and you know, look. I think people can sort of put that aside if you were treated somewhat humanely, you know, um, but for 156 euros a night or a day, I mean, you'd expect a little bit better than what they're receiving.
2: And apart from the phone calls, say, from the nurse who, who called him, yeah. checking on him, does anybody check in on him in the room?
3: No, not at all. They're not allowed
2: to. Yeah, but they're good. does anybody phone the room from reception? No. from time t- No. <laughs> you would think they would, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah. And he's been, you know, he's been sort of using his own initiative and going, you know, asking, like, when, can I do this? Can I do... Oh, on top of everything, Neil, which is the worst, so he's sitting in this tiny postage stamp, and there's no television service?
2: Ah, uh, back up a bit now. There has to be...
3: Um, no. Th-
2: there's a TV in the room.
3: Yeah, there is, and um, so my husband and I phoned, you know, at 10 o'clock on Monday night after he has been sitting in the room for five hours and not able to switch on the television, and, you know, the woman turned around at reception and said to me, listen, you need to understand, we're very, very busy, and we're trying to reboot the system, Um, so, you know, just, she she kind of said, like, back off.
2: Right, and did they do that? Did they reboot... Has it worked at all, ever? It's
3: still not working at the moment.
2: So since Monday, it hasn't yeah. worked? Nope. Um, like, it's on the list of criteria for the room. I've seen the list. I've seen the regards to yeah. the three meals. M- uh, what we used to call years ago, multi-channel, which would give you the typical channels you would have in a hotel Hooray. room. Hooray. May- maybe even movie channels. He has nothing. Nothing. Has he Wi-Fi?
3: He's got Wi-Fi, yes. But unfortunately, he hasn't got a laptop or an iPad or anything because, you know, he, he doesn't own one of those. So when he was coming to Cork, we thought we'd give him one of ours. But of course, we couldn't because he wasn't coming to Cork. So he's, he's sitting there with his phone and Wi-Fi.
2: Right. And no TV all week long?
3: All week long. Up until this morning, I checked with him.
2: It sounds chaotic,
3: I would, I would say it is, and you can't blame the staff members. You know they're probably doing the best they can, but I mean, I just don't think any thought has been put into it. And would they not have checked that the, you know, that the television was working before the person arrived, knowing that you're going to be facing four walls for you know the next fourteen days? Is it
2: just his TV channels or the whole hotel? Well,
3: they said it's, there's many other. P- Customers as well know whether that's true or whether it's not. I can't say, but they're saying, you know, they're saying that we're trying to reboot the system.
2: Yeah, but that's since Monday. Yeah, and it could have been longer. It's just he knows about it because he went there Monday. You see, you seem to be very acceptable of the bad food, um, but for 156 euro a night, you should really have a menu choice.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I'd hate to be vegan or vegetarian because I'd, I'd hate to know what that's going to look like, you know.
2: Um, the, the taxi fare, could it, have been, could it have been around 400 euro?
3: I would say, you know, in my experience, I would say that it's probably going to add up to about three 400, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, we checked with the taxi driver a while ago and said that it would be between 350 and 400 euro. Yeah. Did your brother have to pay for that?
3: No thank heaven's not, but he has no idea how he's going to get back they don't they don't appear to um include that in in you know in the cost
2: and so but he, he has should, the cost to meet the hundred and fifty six a night
3: yeah, so he paid for that um and the transportation to Dublin is you know paid for, but it doesn't indicate that they will transport
2: him back to court. I understand. You said in your yeah. text originally that uh, in reality it's not what they said it would be no. and no wonder people have tried to abscond. Correct. So is he getting would... get a 15-minute break a day now to go for a smoke, is it? Is it just one 15-minute period?
3: Well, I spoke to him this morning and I said to him, you have to be assertive and you can pre-book your... your um, well, that's what it said on the regulations. You can pre-book your three fifteen-minute breaks per day. And he said yesterday when he inquired about another break, they said, "No, no, no, no. There's nobody to take you. We we can't we can't give you another break." And that was at half three in the afternoon. So I said to him this morning, "Would you kindly just ensure that you book a break or do something?" And
2: I don't know what the result is. But is he a t- is he a timid lad? Is he a timid chap? Quiet chap?
3: Um. I would say he 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 would stand up for himself, Neil. But I think this is all very overwhelming. You know, you kind of feel like you're in a jail. As he said, he 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 truly feels as if he's in prison.
2: So but he's come from a country with a variant. You know, he's come from South Africa. He, Bear that in mind.
3: Understandably, I don't. I, we don't dispute that at all. And we we were happy for him to do that because if he came to our house. I would have put him in my in my cottage and he wouldn't have lived in my house, you know, Um, and he would have quarantined separately. So we fully, fully accept that and respect it.
2: But I know, I I know, you know, yeah, I know the food, the food is bad. Can you imagine if you're a husband and wife and maybe two or or three and two or three smallies with no television to distract them? Oh, my
3: God. And there possibly is, you know, I don't know because, and he can't say who else is in the hotel because he hasn't, you know, been out of the room um, until yesterday and of course he won't see anyway. And
0: he so. won't
2: smoke in the room, sure he won't. he would be fine for well, that as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, he's, you know, more than likely climbing the walls.
2: <sighs> yeah. And how long more will he be there? He's um, he's probably not even halfway through yet.
3: No, he's not halfway So if The, the regulation stipulated that if you test negative for the second time and he hasn't been told when the next test will be you know given um you can then go out of the quarantine after 10 days but it doesn't look to be likely because if they took so long initially to produce the results or to communicate them i don't know i don't foresee that it's going to be 10
2: days and what happens when a relation like yourself have you called the hotel
3: yeah I hope we've, you know, had numerous conversations and the lady on the reception and the gentleman just say, look, you know, we we can't do anything.
2: But they're clearly not cooking the food in the hotel. They must be bringing it in.
3: It is. I think it's catered and it's in plastic containers. And I think they just have to microwave it in order to prevent contamination and whatnot, you know, and then that's it.
2: What would you say to somebody um, who says by text, what's wrong with her? The rules are the rules. Uh, Cop on. It's quarantine. He knew it.
4: I would say
3: I totally agree um, that it is quarantine. But from from any normal human person, you wouldn't put up with that. When you're paying 156 euros a night.
2: Yeah, that's fine to say that you're not going through it, kind of thing, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So the food should be better. Certainly, the television should be working. And somebody who's tested negative should be entitled to some kind of supervised fresh air breaks a couple of times a day. Yeah, yeah, that's so the th- basics, you know, isn't
3: it? I think I think from a from a, I mean, I can just imagine myself. You know, if I was put in into a, into a tiny place um, for fourteen days, I, you, he, I mean, his expression was the day is very long.
2: Yeah, but some people are also saying maybe they do this on purpose to deter people from traveling. That stories like this are doing the rounds and it might deter people. It might be a turn off. I'm not going to go to Ireland. I'm going to change my plans. I don't want to go through that. They'll stay away.
3: Sure, you know, I mean... I. I support the fact that, um, you know, that it wouldn't, like, uh, Australia, New Zealand and everybody else, they put those practices into place long ago. I think we should have put the practice into place long ago and, and not right now, you know. Um, so, had it been done perhaps earlier and prevented all of this, absolutely. But when we booked the flight for him, uh, these practices weren't in place and, and besides that, it's not only um, foreigners that are coming in, it's local Irish people that are returning from jobs, you know, or whatever they do. Um, yeah. There was a chap on the on the airplane that was from Chile, or I he think, wasn't uh, from Chile. Yeah, I know, yeah.
2: I know. I think one um, of the things that people would be looking forward to in quarantine would be that a good meal, you know, when you don't even sure. get that, of course. Or you entertainment. Become very, or entertainment, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, is it possible for you to stay in touch and let us know how things are going with them? I will. I will. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for now, Nina. Appreciate you taking Take the call. Take Okay. And, of course, we also learned this morning that uh, there's a, a taxi fare involved when it's from Cork to Dublin, or if it's two or three different people who have to go from Cork to Dublin, it's three different taxis. I don't know how you'd get around that, to be absolutely honest with you, unless you had some kind of state owned vehicles rather than the private sector. The taxi drivers are delighted with the fare and fair play to them. Thumbs up in that regard. Uh, But you couldn't be, you couldn't be traveling with two or three passengers in the one taxi, I suppose. The big question here is why is there not any designated rooms in a Cork hotel? We were promised that there would be. It looks like the government are paying 400 euro for every single person flying into Cork to go to Dublin. And that makes absolutely no sense when we have plenty of hotels here in Cork where they could have been designated, or a section of the hotel, or whatever... As a core quarantine hotel, tole- 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 and that's what we were told initially. I remember seeing the Travel Lodge on the list, along with the Crown Plaza at Dublin Airport, the Holiday Inn Express at Dublin Airport, Clontarf Ca- Castle in Dublin, and the Hard Rock Hotel in Dublin City Centre. I wonder if the food is as bad in all of them.
0: Text the Neil Prendergast show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. It's
2: a story that uh, doesn't make the print versions of the papers from the best uh, for what I can see, but it certainly did make the online ones, and that is a uh, rape. Trial in uh, County Kerry, where the victim is rightly upset and understandably upset and appalled after businessmen in the community gave glowing character references in support of the rapist. Now, the rapist, a guy called Connor Quaid, got six and a half years jail. It might have been a shorter sentence if he had pleaded guilty, but he didn't plead guilty. He said he was not guilty, but he was found guilty by jury trial. Um, And this is a case of a a rape in Kerry uh, three years ago. Um, Now, we've heard of this before, people giving statements and letters of support to the uh, convicted criminal, in this case, uh, a rapist. And apparently, uh, there was a number of testimonials handed over to the judge, Uh, which were, your man's defense counsel said, were evidence that his client is hardworking, honest, and for whom the offense was out of character. Now, many people are appalled by that, uh, in particular, uh, the rape victim who obviously can't be named. But the back story to it was he got the the prison sentence for raping a young woman while she slept in her own bedroom. He went back to the house, apparently. He travelled to the home of the victim after a night out drinking in a nearby town. She hadn't gone out. She wasn't drinking. They said in court that she actually went to bed early and was curled up asleep, and he went up into the bedroom. Um, They spoke then in the court case of him having a medical history of alcohol dependency and was making efforts to redress this. But nonetheless, uh, there was a custodial sentence, small bit of it um, uh, suspended on good behaviour stuff, but other than that, Uh, a a six-and-a-half-year jail term. But what was interesting about it is it's another victim um, having to come out and say this is all wrong, that anybody would put in uh, testimonials uh, with regards to somebody who was found guilty of rape. So that's in the online sections of the papers today. Oh, can I also say well done to uh, Roisin Cody's dad uh, who ran a 50K uh, run in aid of breast cancer research yesterday and he did 50K on his 50th birthday she even sent me his steps. He did it all within his 5K radius and did 57,500 steps. A big shout-out to him, says Roisin. That's done. The only problem is, unfortunately, from time to time, people forget to put down the name of the person that they're giving the shout-out for. So I don't know who your dad is, but well done to him, nonetheless. And I, I don't want to be talking about this. I wish it didn't happen. I kind of understand that people are absolutely Fried in their brain with five k when the weather is good, particularly those people who are of a younger age group. but we had scenes in the lock again yesterday when I thought it looked like a thousand people i wasn't there. it certainly was many hundreds it could have been upwards of a thousand who gathered at the lock in groups to party and enjoy the great outdoors and When the paddy wagons and the guards came along, you just saw, and i've seen the videos, you just saw droves of people leaving, like as if they were leaving a concert, just. All mass exodus all at the one time so, so many of them Uh, and I know that there was a big response to this particularly when we shared the videos and comments online last night uh, particularly on Twitter I don't know what kind of a state the lock was left in afterwards but some people are wondering why in the name of God on sunny days don't the guardi anticipate the possibility of this happening I think that if it wasn't 5k you wouldn't have so many people congregating in one area they probably would have further to go to break the guidelines and break the regulations but when it's 5k they'll go to places like the lock i know there were issues as well uh, around the mardike over the past couple of days um, and and Don't think that it's anything exclusive to Cork. It's not. The very same thing is happening in parks and down around the canals in Dublin as well. So a lot of text on that. It's unfortunate to be bringing it up again this morning. But God knows what we're going to see across the long weekend. Probably more of the same with the good weather and what have you. And then, of course, I also saw photographs of the queues outside off-licenses. I don't know what it was like with them trying to get booze in supermarkets, but there were long queues around the off-licenses, particularly up around Barrick Street and Bandon Road. So your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 086-8104-106. But we are, in the future, going to see change. And the de- the dates, of course, April 12th, April 19th, April 26th, and that's kind of all we know about. And then we don't know really what will happen. with potential changes for May uh, when non-essential retail will commence. Uh, and, and maybe you might see personal services coming back in may that would be hairdressers and barbers and nails and and things like that But and maybe changes to mass and religious services um but and then june possibly will be hotels bed and breakfasts and guest houses but guess what still not in the mix here um gastro pubs pubs that don't serve food that would be traditional pubs and cafes so that's more than likely if it were to happen maybe june Certainly one would imagine by July, but who cares what I think? Let's see what uh, Claire Nash thinks about the, the rollout in the coming months. Are there any of the wiser? Claire? good morning. Good morning. How are from, you, Neil? From, from Nash19. Very good. Lovely article this morning, I think, on you and I think it's the Echo, is it? What you would do on a dream day if you could get out of this oh, mess?
5: Is that out? Yeah. Can you dream it? Anyway, we will be doing it. It is in the horizon. We'll all have those dream days coming.
2: You'll be heading up Um, to Cask for a cocktail. You'll be going to Bastion for your lunch. You'll be playing golf. You'll be checking out. You'll be sitting up at the counter in the bullman and all sorts of... (laughs) Dream on. I'll probably... (laughs) Dream on. I'll
5: probably be here um, (laughs) conducting a very busy street, hopefully, and having a bit of fun.
2: Yeah. Well, the only problem with that is you were saying yesterday that uh, many restaurants and cafes have lost staff that will never come back.
5: Yeah, we have, um, as, like, right across the sector, hotels, restaurants, gastropods. The hospitality industry has taken an awful knock-nil because, um, you know, this is the second, third lockdown, and this particular lockdown is, you know, over 100 days. So, good view of my team. A lot of my colleagues' teams, I know, have gone. They've where, gone. where have they gone, Claire? So, um, our, you know, our mix would have been very international-based. You'd have had a lot of Irish. You would have had... Um, a mix of Brazilians Mexicans, Europeans some Americans, I had an Australian girl, I went home so you know, like lots of those have had to go back because they just couldn't live on 350 also just the human element of loneliness, so they have returned, then some of my teams that were going to stay here um, have migrated to other industry and Neil can you blame them, not really, so what we're looking forward to is getting back and getting a professional team going again and, you know, a trained team. So we're in here at the moment. We're doing a bit of work. We're going to rehire. Um, we were disappointed with what came out there for us from, you know, the T Taoiseach hadn't much to say. In fact, he didn't even murmur a word about our industry, the restaurants, the gastropubs. But we are sure that we will be hand in hand with the hotels, and especially for Cork City, it is important to get the essential retail Going with that, there would have to be more relaxed, um, either it's outdoor dining or the indoor piece. And that's our end game is to get back to regular trading and to just get back to a scenario that we can make a contribution again. So, if
2: that was to happen then with hotels and guest houses and stuff, yeah. that's June, right?
5: Yeah, that's June. Um, I think, Neil, it, you know, like I think the T shirts department didn't just put in restaurants. I hope it wasn't for any other reason in that we would have been included in that hotel piece. He didn't mention the word hospitality, which would have been a word that we all go under that umbrella. Um, But the feeling is through the RAI, through CBA, you know, just in our chat behind the scenes, and particularly of our actor did say that night that um, hospitality was included in the, you know, discussion for me. So I think for the next rollout, there will surely have to be some clarity on Um, whether or not we're going to get out for me. Um, And if you did for me,
2: that would be mm -hmm. uh, outdoor dining?
5: Well, at least if there was a suggestion that you could get outdoors. I mean, I know a lot of my colleagues can't come outdoors or they're not ready. So, Neil, like when you think of outdoors, you know, at one point we traded with just 15 seats each. At least that would relieve some of what you were talking about earlier with lots of people congregating. You know, it is our natural instinct to want to actually come out to meet people so rather than them standing up in big huddles either drinking coffee or drinking drink alcohol we'd like to be able to offer that you know we start to massage back into where we were and you know what we love doing
2: while uh, why you, know, you don't while you don't do it and the pubs had to do it you know this nine yes. euro business for uh yeah so that you have yeah. to have food do you anticipate that that will be part of the plan
5: no No. I don't I think they realised that was a mistake you know there were a lot of mistakes made like you know for instance the shoe you know the children's shoe issue like you know there's just so many layers of it and I think that if you can you know be be very pragmatic and voice your you know your opinion through your associations or through your groups or through CBA what is most important for us to get open and why or what level we can trade at I mean we can certainly do it very safely you know Um, we've all had our covid Our our, um, COVID protocols in place, we were very, very accurate on them last year. We're ready to go with them again this year. But we know that our time will come, you know. I mean, we're not wanting to do something that we shouldn't do. Uh, And we don't want to get back ever again into a lockdown.
2: Yeah, but Um, Adrian Cummins told me earlier in the week from the Restaurant Association that he said without further intervention fast, 50% of cafes and restaurants won't come back.
5: Yeah, I think the supports will have to remain. Obviously, if you could get outdoors and then some of you couldn't get outdoors, well, that would have to be looked at by the government, that that you know that, that would be an extra support. Adrian has been fantastic. Um, so have the IHF. There's no doubt about it. And also the Vintners. There's no doubt about it that the government knows that this particular sector is creased. And when it comes to it, I hope to God they won't be found wanting with supports for us. Um, September was being... Discussed there that that would be when the EWSS would stop. Uh, You know, there's no way it'll be September now because if you can't trade at 100% occupancy, well, you have the same costs incurred. You know, you need support in it or else you would be
2: closing your doors. A a lot of businesses in in your sector did quite well and have been doing quite well with Click and Collect on a few occasions. The Mm -hmm. ones that I've wanted Mm -hmm. to get food for you had to book a slot, they were that busy. So that's helped, hasn't
5: it? Yeah, yeah, that certainly has helped. It's also kept people in the loop of um, employment. So, you know, if you had your core team that were still available for employment, um, that that keeps them going. It really is just, you know, keeping it ticking over, Neil. And, you know, you can access support um, to actually bolster that up a bit. But there's no doubt about it that that's not what any of us enjoy. We want to get back out. We want to get trading. You know, we want people with their bum on, bums on seats and serving them and loving to do what we love to do. There was a webinar that I was at recently and they used the word humming. And that is what we really look forward to, you know, and that's what we thrive on, Neil.
2: But Princess Street will look particularly fantastic because you'll have the outdoor canopy, won't you? That'll be finished and everything. Yeah,
5: we will. Um, as you know, that that's been going on a long time, Neil. We spoke about it at the very beginning of slow, last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we have that ordered. Now, um, we're probably a bit a- ahead of the game and it's not that we were being smarter or anything it's just that we got together 10 of us we formed our own company we have a bit of skin in the game you know we put in money ourselves quite a substantial amount each back in November so that that was ordered pre-Brexit and landed which we're you know we're glad it was now here we go 100 days later and it's still not up but that is ready to go up so as a collective you know for street trading we will be together and we will be ready to go and that will be something that the city will benefit from you know from a from a public realm perspective from, you know, we will do some nice work there, that there'll be community um, accessible um, mornings, afternoons. And we'll hope that, you know, eventually like the big picture for Princess Street will be gorgeous.
2: It'll be used from morning to night. Yes. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm, be- just before yeah. I let you go, the 17th of April, the CBA are doing um, a, a, a big dinner, right? Um, a, yeah. t- a taste of the city at home, because people an opportunity to taste some of the best work from the best establishments and the best chefs. Exactly, um, I exactly. bu- bought my two tickets for this. Okay. Incidentally. What, what can I expect and what can people expect if they wish to buy and get involved?
5: So we have decided that we'll do that dinner this year um, in association with our awards. We normally have the big dinner and awards, gala, ceremony, etc. So both of those will are, are going hand in hand. The dinner box will hopefully be one of the last boxes that we need to have on our own with one other person. There is um, a complete taste of from Carpaccio of beetroots to nettles to... We'll all be sick of lamb at that stage. So we decided that we'd have a... Um, fillet of Beef Wellington. We're going to have the Rhubarb of course because it's in season we'll have gorgeous cheeses paired with wines, very nice bottle of champagne sponsored by Centre to start and more importantly there will be a virtual evening of awards Um bit of fun um stevie g will be starting off about six o'clock getting us in the tunes and there's going to be best dressed table best dressed person we hope people will dress up but more more so than anything this is a box that we would like and a lot of companies have been buying for not the ones of us that have been closed but for their colleagues and for their employees executives that have been working very hard so it would be such a lovely gift to get you'll also be able to tune in um Our fabulous president, Ona Sullivan, is going to be making his speech, which um, he'll be very, very good on. He's been fabulous. You've had him on a good few times. That's right. And also, we have Bobby Kerr as our MC, the judges. Are going to have an interactive time to talk and why they chose and who they chose. The vote, the public vote is still open, Neil.
2: Yeah, there's um, the Cork Business of the Year awards for all the yeah, different categories as yeah, well. People exactly, can get details exactly. on that the CBA. But it's yeah. five executive head chefs and city hotels, your good self at Nash, mm-hmm. um, at Nash 19. But you, and you forgot about the starter, the ballycotton seared scallop and crab roulade with the remelade with the smoked salmon and the caviar that's and right, the sea. But there's, But there's oh, all, I know that there's champagne. But isn't there Irish coffees and uh, and isn't there the wine end provided? and
5: in? Yes, so there's a bottle of red and a bottle of white, which we've paired nicely, you know, not just any old red or white, that's some Eno wines. And then um, we have the Jemison Irish coffees to finish with some Glound Cross cream from the lovely little that we use in Balanine. And um, the coffee from Mars Coffee. So really, Neil, what we did was we met as a group, Um, as always, in Cork. If you ask the hotels to do anything, they're just fabulous. And how do people
2: get involved? Do they just pay and pick up their box at an appointed time?
5: Exactly, exactly. So you can just go online at the CBA Awards and you can order your box for two. It is and will be prepared, packed beautifully at the Imperial Hotel. There will be a white linen service down there. You'll be handed your box. All you have to do is click and collect your box. And then also, Neil, we're going to Dublin. So if the dogs can't come to us, we're going up to Dublin today. <laughs> so, what we can I'm do. Sure they always love our food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done. So, info at corkbusiness.ie or else the CBA website's the place to go, isn't
5: it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then um, you just pick it up at a certain time or um, you email who's going to pick it up. It's very, very self-explanatory. And also then that you can participate in the awards on the night, which will be great fun. Okay.
2: All right. Dinner for Two is €190, but you get a lot of bang for your buck, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, for sure. Stick all cool. right, and all
2: your drinks. Enjoy Bye, your long you. weekend. Thanks, Claire. Take care. Bye. Take care. Well done. I believe. I believe as well. Then, if you're buying that and your business is buying it, it's tax tax deductible. So that's another great added addition to it. Uh, I may come back and go through the menu again uh, next week, or maybe if I get an opportunity later in, in more detail, because it looks at all of the things that you can get, grow, cultivate. Uh, and put together here in Cork, you know, Cork Produce and Cork Businesses. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. More details than that if you want to pick up one of your gourmet boxes for the night. Uh, www.cbaawards.ie back after the break
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Uh, NeilRedFM some
2: wag says with regards to the quarantine in the Crown Plaza coming back from South Africa at least he'll be off the cigarettes and think twice about leaving the country again well I don't know about that but he may well cut down on the smoking as a result of it he may even give up Okay, listen talking about food today is again a free food Friday courtesy of ourselves an oak fire pizza so we have some more pizza vouchers to give away we'll have three Winners again today and each winner will receive four large pizzas and two sides each. So three different winners. All right. Um, and then we will sort you out with the vouchers. You can go and pick them up hot and piping then for Moogfar Pizza, Clonacilty, Bandon, Princess Street or the new store at Gillaby Street. So text who you are and where you are to oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. You may be working at work. You may be at home. You may be working from the home or doing both, whatever the case may be. You could be homeschooling. Who knows what you're doing? Let us know. Text 0868-104-106. And we'll start the shout-outs around about a quarter past 10.
3: I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news.
5: And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
0: You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year, Cork's
2: Red FM. OK, Free Food Friday. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And really, Oak Pizza have upped their game. We'll have three winners today and every Friday going forward. And each of you, four large pizzas with two sides each get the vouchers, you can go and pick them up, Hot and Piping, at Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, or the new store in Gillaby Street. So if you're buying pizza across the long weekend, the Easter holiday, uh, do check out Oak Farm Pizza, great pizzas. We also want to start an Easter egg hunt this morning because I'm noticing quite an amount of texts and chatter of people who are out and about this morning in search of Easter eggs. Now, some might say they've left it way too late. And if they'd done it because they were in the shops two months ago, <laughs> They'd be well sorted, but who am I to judge? So apparently, no joy, I'm being told, in places like Tesco and Mahan. No joy in Duns or Lidl in Ballyvalan. No joy in Tesco or Duns in Ballancolic. So, um... Easter egg hunt lads. Where are they available? Particularly in abundant quality, quantity. Text 0868104106 because there's a lot of people tearing their hair out this morning because they just can't get them. They must be somewhere. So let's find out where. And also be interesting to talk also about your favorite Easter egg. What one are you looking forward to? Says I won. Some people will have an awful lot more than one on Sunday, but it also is the end of Lent and for those that practice Lent I suppose they're entitled to pig out one man who has loads of them though is Colm O'Sullivan
0: The Red Patrollers live on the streets
2: of Cork and he has been out delivering Easter eggs to local charities for the last few days thanks to Super Value and Balancholic and he joins me back for morning Hi Neil, how are you? It's a long long time since we've done something like this
6: it is, because <laughs> it's been very, very quiet recently. We haven't been out and about with lockdowns and so on, but we have been out and about this week, Neil, as you said, at court charities with lots of Easter eggs, and we've all the best Cadbury Easter eggs, the cream eggs and the buttons and the crunchies and all, all the different ones, and we've been giving them to loads of them. So we were in Focus, Ireland yesterday. We were out at Enable Ireland earlier on in the week. We were up at Pieta House. And we're going to Cope Foundation. We are out in Marymount Hospice. So loads of different ones and giving them. We've hundreds of Easter eggs, hundreds of Cadbury's, Easter eggs from Super Value and Valancholic so they'll distribute them then to, to people who use their services and we'll bring a bit of
2: chocolatey love and I've seen for, the um, photographs you're saying on, sh- yeah. sharing on social people are delighted to see you with the Easter eggs
6: they are, you know, I think people are delighted to see anyone these <laughs> days Neil but definitely when you're bringing a bit of chocolate and when you're going and visiting someone and we're doing it obviously all socially distantly and all that kind of thing so um, you know there's something about the Easter egg chocolate as well I wouldn't be a huge chocolate eater all, or, all year round but when it comes to Easter eggs the Cadbury Easter egg chocolate just hits different so Oh,
2: go on. What's your favorite Easter egg?
6: Oh, I, I, I'm very much a plain chocolate guy, so I'm not mad into the crunchies and all the fancy, fancy bits inside the chocolate. I love the plain chocolate. So any Cadbury chocolate Easter egg, I'm not worried about what bars and things come with them. Really, it's more, more the Easter egg itself. It, you know, it's nicer than a normal dairy milk. I really think it is. Easter egg chocolate is beautiful, and I actually have way too much of them in the run uh, up Easter, so I've, I've, I've been tipping away at the Easter eggs now for the last few weeks. You're not tipping but
2: away at the Easter eggs that you're giving to the kids, though. Surely? No, no. I've been buying my own ones. You want to give a kid an Easter egg and they open? find it's half eaten, <laughs>
6: half eaten. No, I, I, promise, I promise I won't do that I promise I won't do that but uh, we've got loads more to do and we're doing Cope Foundation and a few other places today as well So, um, and we might actually kneel as well on Sunday we're going to have a little surprise for the people of Cork we might have little easter eggs let's just say kind of hitting around certain places in Cork but more of that to come over the weekend as a bit
2: well. of an easter egg hunt we have an easter egg hunt on as well this morning with a shortage of them so you're the only man in town from the point of view of available easter eggs it would seem I have loads
6: so. of them so if, any, if anybody sees me today give me a shout I might give you an easter oh, egg ah you're in extra know.
2: good mood alright <laughs> Colin. appreciate you taking the call well done cheers Colm O'Sullivan about Easter eggs to local charities, courtesy of ourselves and Super Value in Ballincollig, and thanks to Super Value in Ballincollig for coming on board. Can I also say, uh, just a little birdie told me that I have forty medium kids Easter eggs to give away this morning. So it, it's it's difficult to work this out in the times that we live in, but I'm going to give uh, four uh, winners, ten of them each. And then you can distribute them to your family and your neighbours. Now, I won't be doing anything until uh, midday. We'll open the phone lines just before midday. We'll have four winners. You'll win ten of them each. They're medium kids' Easter eggs, medium size. And you can collect them here at Red FM between 12 o'clock and 3 today. And those 40 Easter eggs that I'm giving away just at midday are also thanks to Super Value in Balancolic. All right, so 40 medium to give away at midday today. Um, for me, actually, it's... The Cadbury's Fruit and Nut. I think that'll be just great. I think there's a great... I think Fruit and Nut in a chocolate bar is a great combination, isn't it? And I can't wait to crack that one open
0: uh, on Sunday. Back after the break. <laughs> this is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. Super stuff. 104 to 106 Red. Uh, FM. Yeah, I
2: have seen the text come in already from people who have... Uh, Spotted Easter eggs on the shelves of shops and supermarkets, so I'll blast through all of those for people who are out struggling to get an Easter egg this late in the day. Me, remember I mentioned there about your favourite Easter egg, and I mentioned the fruit and nut, which I'm looking forward to. Whether you're into Cadbury's cream eggs, as Colin was talking about there, or maybe the Black Magic, or the case with uh, with Joseph at the hair salon for his partner, he was out looking for a Terry's chocolate. I don't know, was it a Terry's chocolate Easter egg or a Terry's chocolate orange? But everybody has, has a favorite Easter egg. I mean, but I don't know that you want to get the same one every year because once upon a time you said you liked the Snickers Easter egg. be nice to vary things, wouldn't it? Anyway, with that in mind, Seamus Whelan took to the streets of Cork to see what's the most popular Easter egg amongst Corkonians this year. Taking my
1: appetite, but it's all right would be the Cadbury's Dame. Yeah, I'd be that one. Yeah, no, I'd have to be Galaxy, and then it doesn't matter. It can be
7: menstruals, ripples, doesn't matter. I've already bought three, and at 3 Well, yes. when you're getting Tesco, selling five for, what is it, five, five Euro? Five for, five Euro. You're definitely gonna buy them, so. Anything yeah. <laughs> hey, Cadbury's? Anyway, if I'm to a Cree? make no this time of year. And I suppose the question is, well, it's a cream egg. How
1: do you eat yours?
7: Oh jeez, I don't fancy that. No, i reads you. No, I eat it the normal way. That's what I see. Don't we all have a normal way? Uh, I would say probably Oreos, because I'm an Oreo addict. <laughs> There's just something about
8: Oreos that I really like.
4: Ask him. Lucky's off it for lint. Look, he's off chocolate for lint. He's getting a big black magic one. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> you know the surprise is gone. Oh, oh. shucks. Come here. I'm vegan
7: <laughs> <laughs> Well my favourite chocolate is like milk chocolate it's just like um, the texture is a bit better than other chocolates I don't really like white chocolate that much I
0: like uh, the white chocolate that has those red strawberry
4: things inside The, the lint
0: yeah.
4: white and strawberry Yeah Yeah. I
3: don't really buy a lot of Easter eggs to be honest I think it's just a marketing ploy to get people to spend more money and uh, a lot of, of it uh, contributes to waste as well which I don't. I like will try to avoid I like buying into that as much as possible. Um
4: my favourite Easter egg is the twirl. And as Ga- Abigail said, I like the texture. Um, and I just love chocolate. Lots of it.
5: Sometimes too much. Sometimes to the point of addiction and problems.
4: I have no real
9: preference, but if somebody would do a double-decker in an Easter egg, I'd be all over that now.
6: The actual egg is a completely double-decker. <laughs> so she has a favourite one.
4: <laughs> What's your favourite?
0: I like the M&M
4: ones. Why is that? I
7: just... I like... I don't know, I just, they're really nice. Uh, Ferrero
4: Rocher.
7: I'm hoping I'll get one. <laughs> That's
4: a treat. Yeah. And you plan on buying many this year? I plan on getting them. <laughs> yeah, not buying them. Oh, I think uh, the nieces and nephews will be dropping them at the door. So, yeah, a lot of them. I like users I like the crunch.
0: Um, I love a York Easter egg. It's just, um, you know... Simple,
8: chocolate, can't go I like the double decker. It's nice. You get two double deckers yeah. with it. It's great. Don't like double deckers. It's pretty nice. All in sugar on me, baby.
2: Archie's and sugar, sugar. So we had dime bars and galaxies. Somebody had three of them eaten already. Cream eggs, Oreo addicts, black magic, Lint, Twirl. What does I write down? I can't read my own bloody handwriting these days. M&M's, Ferrero Rocher, Maltesers, Maltesers and Yorkies are yours amongst those. Lots and lots of people uh, reporting as to where you can get them even at this late season. Stage. Super value and Duns and Caragaline uh, have them. My favorite Easter egg is the sausage dog Easter egg. You can get it on Marks and Spencer. I bought a Dashund recently and my friend gave it to me as a gift. Sure, the dog can eat the chocolate. Uh, I don't know about dogs eating chocolate. I got into trouble about that before. I'm assuming that it's a sausage dog-shaped Easter egg. Oh yeah, dogs can't eat chocolate. But then again, I wonder about that. I wonder about that. Dogs in my life and experiences I've had down through the years where copious amounts of chocolate were eaten, but I won't even go that. Welton's, Centra on the glashing road of plenty of eggs, says Carol. Try the gala shop behind Apple Green in Classes Lake in Ovens. They have Easter eggs. Um, Hi lads, you brought me nerves at me. Uh, I've none yet and I'm working till five. Oh, the nerves of it hey listen you'll be fine you might have to do a bit of an easter egg hunt Uh, went looking for easter eggs last night thought it would be okay uh, as there was walls of them in the shops during the week and I found none all gone can you give a shout out and thank the ladies at the Reading Between the Wines book club in Castle and March who came to my rescue when I sent out an SOS at half ten last night Uh, I assume they got the eggs for you so well done to them I feel their pain I'm one of those people who have no easter eggs I went to Dunn's yesterday not one left I'm panicking now as to where I can get them. I guess they may have been all caught up in the Suez Canal blockage. Probably not. <laughs> Easter eggs and Easter treats in Basel in Ballin Temple on the Black Rock Road. I got some there yesterday, says Karen and Black Rock. A great spot. Great people at Basel. Check them out. Whether it's for an Easter egg or a coffee or a treat or a pastry or a sandwich or a salad. I was at Murphy's Centre in Rochestown yesterday. I had tons of Easter eggs. I can see people just swarming like bees in the places that I'm calling out now. Aldi in Balafihan have loads of eggs. At least they did yesterday. And one quick one here. My favourite Easter egg would be the Cadbury's Whisper. The chocolate is different to the Cadbury's Button Easter egg. It will remind you of the chocolate crumb years ago, that kind of texture. That's very detailed description by text, and thank you for it. People should try deals for their Easter eggs, says Finborough, Sullivan and Clonic Kilty. They never run short. Uh, Please ask on air, does anyone know where I can get a Liverpool Easter egg and a Kinder Easter egg? Don't know, but if somebody does, I'm sure they will share. So keep those uh, Easter egg texts and we continue our Easter egg hunt across the morning. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Some shout-outs now, just ahead of the calls and emails and break lunch uh, for police for Ho- Horgan's Garage and Kerry Pike everybody at Safety Tech uh, at Safety Tech Fire who are listening this morning the finance team at Hobart AV in Mallow are listening Gay Childcare Care in Little Island morning Eba. Everybody at Argos and Maham Point to Europe Car at the airport to uh, John Coughlin, who's delivering the post in Rochester this morning. A uh, pizza for Stephen Feeney, who's working at home. MMD Construction at the airport business park. Castletown Kenna in Eneskeen is the home of Teresa Butler. She is doing homeschooling and working as a cleaner. So good morning to you. To Anne Bushel, who's at home with pizza obsessed kids and a husband. Somebody's painting a shed and fences to pass the day and working up a big appetite. I don't know whether it's Anya or her husband, Maybe both might be a joint effort. A morning to everybody at Bohan Opticians in Carrigaline, the Blood Bank in St. Finn Bars, the Rainbow Club Smurfits, uh, Donovan Auto Services in Glanmire, Smurfit's Maintenance Department, Smurfit Kappa working through the lockdown, the Victoria Ward, the nurses and patients in the South Infirmary, to everybody working at home with Laura McCarthy and her two babies Robin and Ellie, to Ruth Garrett at home with the kids. Best of luck to everyone uh, from our husband, Dave. Um, what else have I got here? Pizza, please, for cork distribution in Little Island. And just two or three more. Band and Co-ops, Agri-Division, and the Little Island Dental Surgery. You're listening. So keep those shout-outs coming. Text 868 where you are and who you are. And we'll do some more shout-outs. And we'll have three winners. We'll get four pizzas with sides each, large pizzas. So three winners, uh, around about a quarter to midday today. Back to the phone lines we go. Amy, good morning. Oh, my God. Can you hear me all right? I can. Can you hear me? That's better. You wanted to pick up on conversations we had yesterday where I was originally talking to a cork man who was working in Saudi and then there was some criticism of Saudi and you wanted to get in on that, yeah?
7: I just think that people shouldn't be so judgmental until they've actually experienced here. Um, I think what you see in the media... And people's presumption of the place is actually quite wrong. Um, I've been living here now almost three years. I'm
2: sorry, I wasn't aware um, of that. You're living you're living in Saudi Arabia, are you?
7: Yeah, I'm living here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go uh, ahead. You know the people are quite nice. Um, they're actually very friendly, and there's so much progress happening since we've moved here. Um, there's concerts coming, and I know that might sound really silly to someone living in Cork about a concert, but you know it's progress and. It's, it's kind of moving in the right direction. So, I guess, it was just in response to that guy yesterday, you know, saying it's such a backwards place, and I don't even think he'd been here. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, but really. we, but we, I mean, I read out uh, Amnesty International's opinion of, of Saudi yesterday. Did you hear that?
7: I did. Um, yeah, and I'm sure Amnesty International would say a lot of things about a lot of countries. Um, yeah, and obviously, this place isn't perfect, and, you know, I would imagine... There's
2: is an issue with you know, with,
7: with the, basic human rights. Penalty? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Women's the rights. The
7: states have the death penalty. I, I don't know any job that a woman can't get her. There's a huge push at the moment to get women into the workforce, having never really been in it. Um, they could do with this training, but they are pushing, and there's plenty of women getting into director roles. There's plenty of women in... All areas of working, all areas of society, driving now, and you know, and working from immigration to doctors and teachers, and they're really, really making a huge push on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole
2: the whole women. women's rights to drive is only fairly recent, though, isn't it?
7: 2019,
2: yeah.
7: yeah, yeah. So before, well, you know, it's
2: it's before two it's years no, ago, women three moving. years ago, women weren't allowed to drive.
7: They weren 't allowed no, no, but it's it's progress, you know i mean it's it's slowly getting there, but at least it's getting there, and you know better late than never
2: no i I understand that and mm-hmm. and you're you're entitled to say that things are improving, however, when you look at Amnesty International or even look at a Wikipedia search on Saudi Arabia, the categories are torture, capital punishment, human trafficking women 's rights, racism, uh what else have we got freedom of the press, political freedom, uh LGBT rights. Are there issues there for gay people in Saudi?
7: <laughs> no, I would say absolutely not. There is simply no freedom of political speech. Um, media wouldn't. Now, the radio stations we, well, famously, but um, there is a radio station here.
2: No, you're No, you're breaking up again. Yeah, it's just Canada that I, I read that in Saudi Arabia, homosexuality is a taboo and is punishable, punishable with imprisonment.
7: Uh, I don't know anyone who would be I don't even know if I know anyone who's gay here, but I you would just you wouldn't broadcast that. No, I would imagine I don't think it would be punishable. I think maybe as a Westerner you might be deported, but um I just I would imagine no, they would probably keep that to themselves. They're obviously highly religious, most of them. Yeah. So it's just forbidden in their religion and they just wouldn't go around broadcasting it. But you know so, so, yeah, so there's,
2: there's some work done issues, but a lot but more to do, is that what it is?
7: That's that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
2: And and yeah. but you enjoy life there. So tell it can you can you share a little bit of your life while you're there, what you do, what it's like?
7: Um, well, I work in health and safety. Um that's a challenge in itself. It's <laughs> it's trying to get people on board with that. But um yeah, it's it's a pretty quiet life, especially since COVID hit. Um we live really near Bayern, so that was a weekly a weekend kind of trip um you know to go to the pub and rugby club and everything but um everything just just a bit like everywhere it's come to a halt since COVID hit. Um,
2: and i, I guess yeah, the money is, i is, guess the money is good there's probably no tax is there
7: they bought in a tax a couple of years ago for dependents so if you have children you have to pay a tax for having them all right it's, about, it's just under 100 euro a month per dependent so you do if if you yeah you do end we up. Give, in we give
2: we give we give children's allowance. They tax them. It's a big difference.
7: That's exactly what my mom
4: said to me.
2: Oh, so. so, have you family there? Are You rearing a family or anything like that?
7: Yeah, so um, I'm here with my husband. and I've got three kids. Um, they they're quite happy here. Um, they're I think more happy to get back to Cork at some point but uh, that remains to be seen when that will happen.
2: The big issue is the um, heat, I'm told, at certain times of the year, isn't it?
7: But even now, it's 37 at the moment, so it is pretty hot.
2: And
1: how
7: high can, um, it, how high can it go? It will get over 50, um, so we're kind of dreading the thought of a summer here um, because you just don't, you don't go out in that and people say, oh, the lovely the sun and the pool. But once you're here, you know, the novelty wears off after about a month and you just start to really dislike the intensity i want? know
2: i know and, and is it is it a, is it a tourist destination or a? i
7: it is a tourist destination so it's slowly so about 18 months no, they about almost two years ago they started um giving tourist visas for people and um yeah no it's it's pretty good there's some really nice historical sites here that i never ever heard of and there's like cave paintings and there's this picture of the Saudi and there's loads of there's a place down near um, I suppose down near Sudan that kind of area that people go dying and there's loads of things Andrea Bocelli is coming next week actually
2: and when you're out Um, and about as a woman a western woman no grief no?
7: (laughs) no grief whatsoever (laughs) never no never
2: you stay covered up though I imagine you don't even need
7: to wear an abaya you wear you dress modestly
2: you know yeah
7: um but you know I I think that that's fine with me you know just kind of you know jeans and a a kind of a loose shirt or something
2: and like Um, Easter is a non-event for you or the kids will the kids get Easter eggs now for instance this weekend
7: they won't you know we've been looking everywhere for them we could get them last year but can't find a thing this year (laughs) not even a mini egg
2: don't feel so so bad because a lot of people um, in Cork can't find Easter eggs either apparently
4: <laughs> no. But sure look they'll be fine, I get over it.
2: And what are you looking yeah. forward to when you do get home? What are you all looking forward to most, besides family of course?
7: Um everything. I mean it's the silly thing. It's going into dunnes and being able to buy things like sausages and things you're familiar with. It's it's the silly thing. has got Aldi, I miss Aldi. <laughs> I miss their special buys. Um it's yeah, it's it's the small things that you kinda of take for granted when you're home. I know. Um that I miss. Yeah. Obviously family and friends,
2: but and when yeah, are you and getting good wh- weather wh- and
7: you able to go for a walk?
2: Yeah, I weather you can cope with, I suppose.
7: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well yes. it's it's all ahead so, of hopefully you
7: Hopefully, we'll be home this summer. Um, mm. we've got a few things we need to do, but we'll see if that if that happens or not. I don't after hearing your caller this morning, I don't fancy Two weeks in a hotel with uh, <laughs> well, with a, a baby and two two boys. I think that would be. And no
2: television. Yeah, I, mean, know. Most,
7: uh, I know. And no television. Uh, but most people over here as well are being vaccinated. You just sign on an app, and you you get it the following day. anytime. So that's running pretty well.
2: So you've been done and everything, have you?
7: I've had my first one. Uh, yeah, I have to have the second one out early
2: June. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for. It's yeah. great to catch up with you. I imagine this is a temporary <laughs> thing. Saudi won't be for life, will it? No.
7: No, two more years, and we're moving back. Uh, Court can't wait. Absolutely right. can't wait.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, listen. Look after yourselves. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers, Amy.
7: Thank you. Have a good weekend. Take care.
2: Live to Saudi Arabia. Uh, Keep those texts and calls coming. We have people listening all over the world. It's absolutely fantastic. Can I just, can I just mention, talk about people who got vaccinated, I did mention, and I've told this story twice already, but I I still see texts coming in over the past couple of days. Just a few different texts. I don't know how many people are talking about it, but a few texts wondering. Somebody said there a while ago that um, there is talk around the coffee shops of of Douglas that I got vaccinated early in the week. And that is true. And I did talk about it. Uh, I was actually quite, and, I, and I'm going to talk about it again. I, hopefully, this will be this will be the last time I have to have to bring it up. But I have no problem. I have no issue sharing my own health, the things going on in my own life. I mean, from the point of view of transparency and honesty, and talking about uh, the vaccine and the vaccine rollouts, uh, I'm under the care of um, the oncology department in the Mercy. And before that, I was under the care of the oncology department at the. At the CUH because I have a blood condition. I have a cancer, a blood condition. Uh, I've had it for quite some time, and it's it's monitored and it's watched and it's looked after and it's managed. And uh, at some period of time, I will have to take um, chemotherapy. Now it probably will be uh, a form of oral uh, chemotherapy, but it's it's managed. I don't dwell on it. Uh, I don't think about it. It's not front and centre of my life. I take very little notice of it i know that it's there and i know i have to to watch it and i have to take limited amounts of medication to mind it in time it it could lead to bigger issues um it could lead to uh leukemia I, I don't know about that we'll just have to see how how that rolls out and my thoughts are with anybody who is going through uh, leukemia it could lead to dialysis uh, there could be organ issues and problems with my my organs as a result of it so they regularly check um my organs for swelling and that would be an indication of the, the disease or the disorder progressing. So on that basis, uh, that would be the reason why I got a call in in the week saying that I was of, uh, of the vulnerable category. Uh, because I, when they called me, I said, no, I, I'm, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need the vaccine. The oncology department called me. Uh, I said, give it to put somebody down who's, you know, needs it more. And they said, actually, it's not a, a favor that we're doing. You were on the list of vulnerable people. You were within the category if you were to get COVID. And I was, for the past 12 months talking about COVID and saying it won't take a tap out of me I'm healthy if I get it I'll mind myself and we'll drive on but I was informed during the week that that wasn't the case it would have been very very different if I had got it so on that basis uh, and with regards to the issues that I have my own health and the oncology issues that I'm going through I don't know where it'll end up in in 5 or 10 years we don't talk about it we don't dwell on it none of us are particularly Well, certainly I'm not. I hope nobody else is is worried about it. But uh, it is what it is. You live with what you're given. You've got the hand that you've been dealt and you move on with it and you deal with it the best you can. We live for as long as we can and we we stop living and we do the best while we're around. So that's the basis on which um, I was given the jab earlier in the week. We'll get the second one in 12 weeks' time. It's apparently... Um, a life or death issue if I don't um, so I'm happy to share that with you I mentioned it twice already so hopefully that's the, the last time I'll have to refer to it and if, if you are discussing it with friends or people bring it up maybe you might explain to them on,
0: on my behalf as to the reasons behind it thanks so much back after the break call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850-104-106 Red FM
2: ok back to the phone lines we go 1850-104-106 Mary good morning
7: Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good.
2: And you saw this yesterday on the north side. Right. So, just, yeah, you were having a stroll, right? Go ahead.
7: Yeah. So I was taking the little ones to the path down in Churchfield, and as we came towards the end of Harbison Road, about four, maybe five Garda cars came up, and they were driving. You know, they were they were driving fast, but normal. You know what you'd expect. Yeah. And then the 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 jeep, whoever was driving the jeep Garda car, went absolutely insane. He almost crashed into, what I've seen, three, almost four cars. He was The speed he was going was insanity. He wasn't leaving. He wasn't giving people a chance to pull in or pull over. He didn't have the patience. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he he almost banged into the first person, swerved around the other person. When and you say people now,
2: you're not talking about people in cars, you're talking about people walking, is it?
7: No, I'm talking about people in cars, sorry. Okay. It okay. was four o'clock, so Harvey Road's very busy at that time. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, he then proceeded to do a U-turn in the middle of the Road, but but done the U-turn without even breaking, if you know what I mean. A lady nearly crashed into his, his car at that point. She stayed parked, probably with fright, for a while, and then went back down the other way and swerved in and out of cars before he went up around by the back road.
2: Where were they then going? He, or was a chase, was it?
7: Yeah. Then he came back down the same way he went up after a stolen car. Um... The guy in the stolen car, for want of a better word, was more careful than the Garda. And when they went back up Harbourgy Road, the guy in the stolen car was on the right side of the road. The Garda Jeep car was on the wrong side of the road, driving fast onto oncoming traffic. And he wasn't budging. For I think it was his ego. <laughs> he nearly killed somebody yesterday. The people on the footpaths were so frightened we stopped and stood in by the wall because I was thinking, if he bangs into a car, they're going to end up on the footpath. And I was scared to move forward or back, so I just pushed the buggies into the wall and stood and waited until it was over. So people
2: pushed absolute. in amongst them, you just pushed in against the wall trying to stay Yeah, safe, was it really?
7: was insanity. It was the guard, the car, the one, the jeep, that I was frightened of. I <laughs> had no idea what he was doing.
2: Okay, how did it all end up though, do you know? With this, you know, I mean, was it, Facebook, you, you, it was a chase car
7: down by the commons. I think they caught him down by the commons. So sometimes I'm not sure how true yeah. it was that if it was a stolen car, if it was something got to do with drugs, I'm not sure. But word is on Facebook that it was a stolen car. But
2: whoever that person was driving it, male,
7: male or female? Uh, male. I, I see. He had the window down. It was a, a young, a young man. Yeah.
2: Young, young, young enough guy, and yeah, and he was clearly trying to get away from the guards. Hence oh, the he chase.
7: was, yeah, yeah, acting a total eejit yeah. But the guard, the car, it's a, it, I, I know, I probably sound dramatic. It was like something out of a movie. He scared the life out of people. If there was anybody crossing the road, Neil, they wouldn't have had a chance. He would have blown them up into the air. I'm shocked that he put people in more danger than the guy in the stolen car.
2: They say that sometimes, that the chase can be more dangerous. But what are you was, supposed to What are you supposed to do? You can't follow these guys at a distance slowly or you'll never catch them. Oh, no, I know him.
7: that, but you see some the, the car at first was nowhere to be seen. He looked like he was looking for him, but he looked like he was angry in the car. You know what I mean by angry driving?
2: Yeah, yeah.
7: He was just completely oblivious to all the other cars around him. If there was an elderly driver or anything, he would have gave him a heart attack, Neil. And it were the four the or five 70.
2: squad cars following as well as the, as the jeep? They
7: came up ahead of him and there was some behind him. And they were driving fast, but it was what you'd normally expect out of guards after they were looking for someone. But the guy in the jeep was like a maniac. But
2: well, why would you need so many guarded vehicles following one car?
7: I have no idea. And they must have been going in and out of residential states because they went in every direction. But the one we all noticed was the guy in the jeep. He was like a lunatic. He could have hurt somebody. It was insanity.
2: Okay, okay. The only upside to this is they caught this character in the end, which is what yeah. we want. Th- which is what yeah. we want them to do, isn't it? But, yeah,
7: yeah.
2: But it could have been an entirely different situation if cars didn't there swerve was, out of the way or pe- pedestrians didn't get out of the way.
7: Yeah, there was a little one three days earlier that got knocked down on the very same road.
2: Really? How would that yeah. happen? Do three, you know?
7: Three days earlier. I have no idea. He's okay, from what I heard, but. Three days earlier, a little one got knocked down on the same road. That road is deadly.
2: Are there speed um, bumps on it? No, there's
7: none. And I know people have been fighting to get speed bumps on it because there's been a lot of accidents. But they haven't been able to get any help with that whatsoever yet. And they're badly needed, Neil. It's desperate.
2: That's what your local councillors are for, you know.
7: Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, could have been entirely different. We could be talking differently if people hadn't yeah. taken evasive action. All right. Yeah. Okay, well, everyone's safe, thank God. Um, yeah. God knows why you would need so many guarded cars, but I'm not involved in operational activities in the guards, but at least they caught the character at the end of the day, but yeah. there could have been a big price to be paid yesterday Absolutely, yeah. I'm right. sure somebody else will
7: ring on after they hear me talk and there was a lot of people standing there scared to death.
2: Okay, thanks Mary, appreciate that. Okay. Talking about lots of people gathering, the crowds flocked to the lock yesterday. I hate even bringing this up, but here are the texts nonetheless. Uh, mm-hmm. Councillor Joe Kavanagh, the Lord Mayor says, words fail me. D says, what do they expect when everyone's confined to 5k? Greg says, and the house above uh, nearby is the new toilet. Time to put in some temporary toilets at the Lock Cork City Council. Well, I don't know what is going to be across the weekend now after the events yesterday. The only consolation we can take from this is that it's not just Cork this is happening in. But, you know... It seems to be a repeat, doesn't it? Some people are suggesting that the guards should be anticipating the activity in the lock before it starts and they should be there before the crowds gather. Trevor says, sure, if every bar and restaurant and gym are closed, there's nothing else for them to do. What do people expect? Stay at home for weeks on end? This madness needs to stop. Open the country now. Shane says, that's the extended G- Dublin GAA panel having a kick about at the lock. Melanie, well, they don't exactly have any choice, do they? Not like there's anywhere else for them to go. Caroline, or Catherine, asked the question, who's to blame? There are so few places to go, particularly within 5K. People need to get out into good weather. Mark says, young adults enjoying life the way it should be. The game's up with this scaremongering and fear. It's time for everyone to do the same as them. And maybe we'll get life back to normal. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll lead to another spike. Uh, Ian says, "What can you expect? There's hardly they are they are hardly the most law-abiding sections of society, anyway." Ah, be kind. They're going stir crazy. Guards should have went up there on horseback and drove them out on horseback. Shock, horror! People outside join enjoying the fine weather and chatting with their friends. What has the world come to when this is deemed to be wrong? Another person says, "Looks great. Just hope they pick up their litter on the way home." I don't know how bad it was with regards to the, the litter afterwards. Undoubtedly, there'll be photographs knocking around showing litter left. I think they just all got up and left. Whether they took their stuff with them or not, I do not know. <laughs> anyway, lines open at one eight fifty, one oh four, one hundred six. 106 Pauline, good morning.
7: Hello, Neil. Wait. Pauline Donovan here in Cove.
2: When you say you were there, you were where?
7: Right next to the scene where they pulled the stolen car, and the guards in the big jeep. Um, when not- they caught him
2: eventually, yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah. They they stayed across the road. I thought they did a great job, you know, and slammed the car in right in front of us, you know, where we the next car my, my daughter were heading out to Blackpool and guards everywhere doing doing a good job and it just to see it like it was like something in a movie, all right, but you know, they done they done a great job.
2: how did they get him know? how did they get him in the end?
7: Well, what I see now is that they jeep slid across the road and jammed him into the corner um, off a curb and there they had him, you know?
2: Yeah, but or, earlier in that chase, um, the driving was described as reckless by the guards.
7: Well, you see, I didn't see that part, you know, all i seen when I came on the scene, you know, of when they caught him, you know?
2: What happens then? They just escort him out and they, put him in the back of the squad? They the
7: car right across and hit it into a curb and then of course we had to move on. We were the next car to move, but they caught him anyway apparently on the media later on, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see what happens with that character. Yeah, I know I appreciated that they got their man at the end of the day. There weren't any stingers. You know those stingers they used to throw across the road, these spikes, they didn't use those there
7: were. Yeah. On the right hand side there was a, a vanguard or a, a lady guard and she was putting him in right across the road you know on the other side
2: they're you know, deadly like they'd stop any they'd side. stop any vehicle dead in a well strike. they
7: well prepared you know
2: um, how many just a uh, yeah, yeah go on.
7: in the um, bus station and I think they were sort of kind of telling her to move or, or something you know they knew it was coming you know
2: See, what are you supposed to do if somebody's stolen a car or if they're speeding or if they're joyriders or they're driving recklessly you have to catch them I suppose but not if you put other people's lives at risk at the same time and that's what was described to me you see that's
7: it yeah um just what I see now, they have done a great job, you know, but I didn't see it earlier. Good you know, for you. What
2: okay, happened. okay. And where was that? Okay. That was down around the Commons, wasn't it? it was
7: just by, Yeah, just by the Commons, yeah, we were heading down to Blackpool.
2: Fair play. Thanks know? for the update. Thanks for getting in touch, Pauline. No Thank you. Dark, yeah. The guards did a great job. They got them man at the end of the day. Thankfully, nobody was injured, but there was evasive action needed to be taken. By members of the motoring public, lines open at one 106 Pick up the phone, get in touch, and that's what the great, the one and only Liam Bonner has done. Bonner, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. What section of the conversation did you want to get in on? The jab was it? Um, yeah, you know, I I'm just unfortunately well, I hope you're all okay. I didn't know if there was any. All good. All please, good. Uh, Not a bother I'm on good.
10: me. Drive on. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, no, it's a silly, funny one. On Wednesday night, about quarter to nine. I got a text. It said, "CUH vaccine." Uh, You're not I'm on a speakerphone
2: or anything, there, are you, Bonner? Hands free. No, no. Okay, just move around. You did it. You did a Google search on what?
10: I no, I didn't do a Google search on anything. I just got a text on my phone, and it said that um, there was a CUH vaccine. Uh, Liam Bonner, to you'll be texted shortly. So and five minutes later, I get a text saying to go in for a vaccine at Porty Queen at fourteen fourteen yesterday. Um, and it was—I was quite taken aback, to be honest. I thought it was a bit of, a, of an April Fool's prank because I don't have any particular issues, or you know, I'm 54 years of age.
2: And then um, on, on April first, a 54-year-old with no underlying conditions would think that it's a—it's a prank.
10: I did. I genuinely did. So, so I thought, along that was fine for me," because you know, I did want to go as I pleased. So I went down to Parky Quay and, uh, and I left work and went in, and then. And sure enough, yeah, I'm on the list. And uh, I got vaccinated my first year yesterday.
2: Did you ask mm-hmm. anybody down there why someone as young as you with no medical issues would?
10: Well, I, I, I didn't go into that, but I did talk to a guy who went up there, uh, one of the security guys, and just said, I said, I, I, I'm quite taken it back to the fact it was such short notice. I mean, it was quarter to nine the night before. And I knew nothing of it. And I didn't expect anything. And, I, and then I said to him, maybe the fact that there's not so many people showing up that they don't have the privilege I have, that they can just walk out of work, and go and get it done. So he said, I know, and he agreed with me. There's a lot of it is very, very short notice. Um, it's an interesting one. But back to the point, I, I don't really know why I got called. No, I had a couple of issues this time last year. Um, I had a, a, a chronic cough, a chronic cough, and I had been in the hospital twice. And it turns out they were done for a couple of months, and you can imagine at the start of the pandemic, and I got
2: a chronic cough. Yeah, down. you're breaking up on me again. It's probably the Bluetooth in the car. Would, would do, did you ever, Would you be able to find out who referred you? Was it a GP? Was it a hospital consultant, or what?
10: I I'm, I'm wondering, Neil. It could have been. Um, as I say, it may have just been the fact that it was that I was. I, I did go to the hospital twice, and it turns out I had whooping cough. It's something that could come back into your life later in life, you know.
2: And did you did you respond to the text or call any number in advance of it just, going? It,
10: it just said respond yes or no to reschedule and yes to go. So I I just texted back yes. I went down yesterday and um, yeah, all very organised. I got my first jab, so
2: it's um, see. Some like, people will feel really annoyed, I suppose, particularly if they have an elderly relative. i was talking to people yesterday who true, have parents yeah. in their eighties. One is one is ninety six years old. Still hasn't got the job, and and you claim to be, and you are, Hail and hearty at fifty-four, and away you go.
10: Yeah, it, it was a strange one. I I, I don't know why. Now that's the only thing I could think of was the fact that I, had, I I did have two hospital visits by ambulance kind of this time last year. It was uh, it was a whooping cough. it was a chronic cough.
2: You could be on some yeah. some list uh, in some yeah. hospital department unbeknownst yourself as as perhaps yeah, a vulnerable category. You know that kind of thing.
10: Yeah, but but I think that's a big problem though. Is the is that issue with the fact that there are the giving people such short notice that so many people aren't showing up so they might want to address that issue.
2: Perhaps know? that is one of the reasons why uh, there's been like eight or 900 no-shows on one day yeah. in Dublin and we had uh, evidence of two different days in Cork where there was 20% no-show on the Tuesday and a 25% no-show on the Wednesday.
10: Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. As I say, I was happy to get it done and I didn't realize it's a 12 week period between the next jab, but so be it, you know? And d- any, any side effects? No, I felt a bit lightheaded last night, but I feel great today. No, 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 no drama at all.
2: Not a bother sailing through it. And uh, all hail and hearty otherwise. Good to hear. Okay. All hail
10: and hearty otherwise. Now, the other quick thing I could say is that, like, I, I do supply PP. That's what I do with masks and all this sort of stuff. Maybe they, they you know, we do occasionally do the CUH hospital, you know. Um Maybe they put me on a list there. I don't really know, but it's uh, just thought I'd tell you. That's all.
2: somebody's suggesting you—I'm not quite sure—I understand this. Would you have been on a secondary list because of no-shows on the original list? That's why there was such short notice.
10: yeah maybe maybe it was that they just picked a name out or something I don't know and they're sorry, you know, they're not another Liam Bonner in court, I'm sure
2: <laughs> <laughs> only the one we only want the one the original <laughs> of the species cheers the original, Liam thanks yeah. for taking the call cheers Thank my man no. back after the break 1850-104-106 text
0: the Neil Prenderville show now 086-8104-106 RED
2: FM well, certainly the guards did their job yesterday uh, I'm seeing some uh, text come in and also some various video footage of uh, where they eventually caught up with the carriage at the end of the day and got him out of the car. Uh, I think at one stage there's uh, six guards gathered uh, around the uh, the grey uh, little hatchback. Uh, Virgin Media News this morning are reporting a man has been arrested following a high-speed chase which ended after a crash involving a suspected stolen car and a guard of 4x4 on the Commons Road. So the guard of 4x4 eventually Brought the car uh, to us. St- it was. A, it wasn't really. A, it was a bit of a tip. I mean, I think he probably. Um, you know, I don't know how fast they were going at the time when the uh, guard of four by four managed to get the car to actually stop. But there's damage to the right side of the grey car, and I imagine minimal damage to the uh, guard of four by four. But that's what Virgin Media News are reporting this morning the high-speed chase eventually ended after a crash involving the car and the Garda 4x4 and then the character in the car with many Guardi around the driver's door He's dragged out and I imagine at that stage then is, is handcuffed and taken away. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six a one zero four one zero six. Nobody taken away yesterday from the lock, to the best of my knowledge. There was no need for any of that. Everybody just scarpered and left. left. few texts just suggesting if the pubs were open, that's where they'd be. And supposedly it's safer to meet outdoors than rather indoors, isn't it? Somebody else uh, asks or makes a point that many other people are asking. Who cares? Let people live. One other texter, fair play. People getting the benefit of some good weather at last. Uh, And one wonders how it's going to play out across the rest of the long weekend.
8: Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four, Dave Max Drive.
0: 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show.
2: Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Far Pizza. We will have three winners again this morning and each of you will win four large pizzas and two sides to go with it. We will present you with the vouchers by post and then you'll go get the hot piping pizza. pizza that's the safest way to do it at the moment, lads, and it's working well for us. And you can go to Oak Fire Pizza at Gilclanakilty, Bandon, Princess Street or their new store, the new pizza shop on Gilabbey Street. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. Don't give up my details, but listening to your chat yesterday's program with the gentleman living in Saudi Arabia, my son and his wife are in Singapore. And, you know, because we were talking in the conversation in Saudi yesterday that everybody has an app. They know where you are, what time you're there, they know everything and anything about you. And some people may or may not have a problem with that. anyway, So, our son and his wife are in Singapore and they must use a government app to go into shops, on trains, into pubs and restaurants. Yes, all of the above are open. They wear masks outdoors and they're fined if they don't. They have had lockdowns in Singapore and restrictions. And yes, the authorities always know where they are and they know their movements. Mind you, the population of Singapore is 5.7 million. They've had 60,000 positive cases and 30 deaths. Ireland's population, 4.9 million, 235,000 cases, and 4,687 deaths. Which would we nationally prefer to be? I think the numbers speak for themselves. So thank you for that uh, email to Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Now, I'll get back to a a lot of emails. And there was quite an amount of what can only be deemed as teacher bashing yesterday. A lot of people critical of teachers, a lot of people saying they have a great job, they have great wages, they have great time off. Uh, And also many people wondering why the teachers are always complaining about something or other. And the latest now is whether or not they should be dealt with as frontline services and be vaccinated faster. Um, I think that a lot of that is just more to do with COVIDitis. I hope, than anything else. I really and truly do. Because at the end of the day, I I personally think there is an argument to be made, I have to say, that if you are stuck in a room, you know, five days a week with 30 smallies um, and to some extent breathing the same air and sometimes it can be very physical and hands-on, there's got to be an argument to be made as to why teachers and guards, for that matter, to be absolutely honest with you, uh, weren't prioritized. That's just my own thoughts on it. I mean, I, I, like, I understand that an awful lot of people will disagree with me. And I know that it annoys and it pees off an awful lot of teachers when they hear people complaining about teachers in the teaching profession. And God knows I have an awful lot of those for across my desk on a regular basis. And this morning's no exception. I'm a teacher. I work endless hours to make sure my students get what they need and achieve the highest. During homeschooling in particular, I worked weekends with parents who struggled. I worked with them. They found it hard. This week is my first week not opening my laptop or staying at school each evening until six o'clock when my pay stops every day at three. I'm very hurt over the comments and posts about teachers. You don't support us lately, Neil. My parents are frontline workers and have acknowledged how much, and have acknowledged uh, how much hours I worked and how, and they saw how unfair some parents were to us teachers. I spent a lot of my own money on resources for teaching. Just like my colleagues, we don't get expenses in our school and we do endless amounts of work to fundraise for the schools. I'm very hurt over the posts that you share. I always had Red FM on to cheer me up on bad days and for the first time, I am deleting your page and no longer want to listen. I hope all those negative, nasty comments that you've enjoyed letting people make about teachers helps you, Neil. For personal reasons, I hit rock bottom a few few years ago and it took me a while to admit it. And I'm back to being strong and to see this then from one of the stations that kept me company for as long as I've been living alone and single is just for me heartbreaking. I'm crying here, sitting, writing this. I just hope you're satisfied. You've picked on us teachers and gotten all the hurtful words out there for us to be hurt a million times over. I don't think you have a clue about what we witness and that we do a lot more than teaching. We work with social care workers, we work with Gardaí and unfortunately we witness horrible situations and here we are now on a radio station given time to people who hate teachers. I'm so upset and I'm surprised that you allow it. Thanks for the nights I stayed up past 2am and had you turned on the radio for company. Ray and Laura, thank you for keeping me smiling on the days I feared most. I will miss all of that. I can't support what doesn't support others back. Hopefully you look to real problems in the future and not to teachers. I'm very saddened to hear that, actually, and I'm saddened to read out the email. I'm caught, really, in a catch-22 situation as to what I broadcast and what I don't, what I censor and what I allow and disallow. It's very difficult. Um, Can I just say, even though you're probably not listening, that much of what I do on air is not my own opinion or my own interpretation of events. I'm just here to allow others to have those, and in, in, a, in as best a manner as I can, to keep it as balanced and as fair as I can. Uh, I mean, I did mention earlier on, you know, that I think that really uh, many people, and you know, where do you draw the line at the end of the day? Do you also include people in retail? You know, you could make the same argument with people working in Tesco at the te- or Dunn's at the, at the checkouts. But I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, please tell that young teacher that was on uh, that it was the older teachers and the unions that sold them down the Swanee by agreeing to that wage deal for themselves and the wage decrease for the new teachers coming in. The older ones near retirement looked after themselves, you see, and they betrayed the teachers of the future, just like they're trying to look after themselves now. That had more to do with um, the different pay grades for teachers in the teaching profession. So that's sad. Uh, I always hate to think that I might lose a listener and perhaps with all of the teacher comments over the last few days, I lost more than one. Lines open at one eight fifty, one zero four, one zero six. Dave? Okay, that's... Yeah, go ahead, quickly. I've got a lot of calls to do. Uh, you want to pick up on quarantine, right? Yeah. Uh,
8: I'll tell you, Neil. First of all, um, I don't... I don't believe for one minute that people are paying up front. The 150? um, It's almost 2,000 euros you pay. Yeah,
2: but if you're there, if you're there, wait, I won't go into the detail. There are two different sets of payment. One is the upfront, and then others for waiting on a test. Anyway, go on.
8: But like, according to what the papers are saying, you pay 1,895 euros. In advance, I'm going to the Crown Plaza Hotel. Now, um, the way I look at that is, you're you're paying a lot of money for something that you you don't even know what kind of a service you're getting, and for much you're saying this morning in the radio, and people are saying the past week about the, the food and about they can't leave the room, and that you said some people the television the television's morning, you know, not
2: working, nobody calls them oh, and it, checks them, they from reception. It it just well, seems to be somewhat shambolic.
8: Well, I mean, if you listen, Neil, if you if you if you need a job done, say on your roof, you're putting in a new patio on your back garden. Um, you get a builder to come up and he says, listen, that's gonna cost you six thousand euros, but I need the money you know, up front. Now you want to be very foolish to pay to give a builder six thousand uh, euros. No,
2: Dave, anybody is any of us that checks into a hotel is to give a credit card up front, they take it.
8: Yeah, but yeah, but like you are paying you're paying you're paying like two thousand euros like for something that you don't, you, you have no idea. Look, that lady last week Paid 5,000 euros The family of Australia That's right uh, And he only got Three beds And five people in three beds And freaked practice.
2: out And got moved incidentally yeah, well,
8: well, rightly so too. But I mean, I
2: just. No, I, I, I think I, for the 156 a night, if it's working out at yeah. that, you would expect better food. You'd expect the televisions to be working. And you'd expect from time to time, if you couldn't go out of your room, that somebody would call you and check in a couple of times a day.
8: Well, that's, well, that's a disgrace. That's what I mean, yeah, a person could be dead in the room. So, like, Correct. I mean, that's a total disgrace. But, like, did you say that the food was, you think was outside and brought in or I believe it
2: is, yeah. That's what I'm told,
8: you're yeah. You just, you're just, you're just that's, that's not, that's not a, that's not acceptable. I see, that I've, pay I've pay.
2: seen photographs of the food and it doesn't look very pleasing.
8: Yeah, and like, like last week, people absconded. Like, I can't understand why you would, if you have to pay in advance, which is, say, 1900 euros, why would you pay 1900 euros and arrive at the hotel and three hours later abscond? Why would you do that? Because that's
2: maybe, maybe, they'd, maybe they, maybe they don't pay in advance. That's maybe. what I'm
8: saying, but, you're supposed to pay it, but I don't believe for one minute that the people, all, everyone is paying in
2: advance. I doubt it. Maybe the person that absconded has plenty of money and doesn't care about the 1800. Maybe that's, that's not a very yeah. Yeah, okay,
8: you know, all right, okay. as, as you're there, um, I, I, I was talking to him a bit of good news Please regarding share. the vaccine. Yeah. Um, I have, a, well, I have, a, you know, I have a very serious lung condition. Right. And you know that coronavirus loves the lungs. I and do. If, if it gets deal, so, like... I was wondering all along that uh, I, you know, because I'm in hospital half my life, and uh, I got a phone call an hour ago from um, they say I'm to go to Parky Cave next Tuesday morning to get my vaccine. There you go, there you go. But having said that, I'm going to hospital at half or seven next Tuesday morning, so I can't get the vaccine.
2: <laughs> how are you going to so, work that? How are you going to work that one out?
8: Well, they, well, they said that um, they said to me that the following week the vaccines have been done in Parky Kiev as well, and they'll. Fit me into that
2: the following week. No, no way I, you can I, change. I, there's no way you can change the hospital admission time, no? All right, right pal, well, get that stuff out of the way and go down for the jab the week after, and all will be well. And good luck with that, Dave. Also, there's much more vaccine on the way. We're talking about a rollout of millions in the coming months, so that should see things pick up. And we should also see City Hall kick into gear then as well with regards to the vaccination centre in the Millennium Hall. And you see that tented village outside not before time. Um, Just a fast one ahead of the ad break, then we'll do some more shout-outs for Free Food Friday. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for your lengthy text and for agreeing to come on air instead, so share with me.
4: You're welcome. No, I've I've been listening to your show there for the last number of weeks, Neil, and, you know, people that are coming on, you know, they're waiting to be seen in hospitals and they have an awful lot of problems. And pain, much of it was of
2: pain. pain management.
4: Yeah. yeah, pain management and you know it's just heartbreaking Neil to be listening to their stories and I thought oh my god you know I'm bringing you here from Bantry in West Cork and we have such a fine hospital here in West Cork Neil. You know I think it should be upgraded. You know they've been threatening to downgrade it for the last number of years to a model 2 hospital which would mean we would lose our 24 hour acute medical service.
2: And if they only invested in it then everybody wouldn't be bottlenecking into Cork, so they wouldn't?
4: This is it, Neil. I mean, we're geographically um, situated, that, that hospital is geographically situated here in Bantry to, to serve the people of West Cork, South Kerry, people who come from Cork City down, you know, cut out the backlog, cut out people's suffering, their pain, waiting. you know, uh, carbon footprint is a huge thing nowadays, cut out all of that, create employment in rural Ireland instead of shoving everything into the city's Neil, you know.
2: Well, how they found how they found twelve billion for the COVID pandemic all of a sudden, just like that, and uh, weren't able to find it for years when it was needed for life-saving stuff. Like, for instance, somebody way down west for something that's fairly critical has to come all the way up to Cork, um, and, and by and large find their own way, don't they?
4: This is it, Neil. Like, could you imagine you now if you are living on the Beara Peninsula yeah. or the Midland Peninsula, and if you had an accident, God forbid, and you'd have to come from that? Distance up the court in an ambulance. You're talking the bones of three hours in an ambulance. Not a nice journey. Um, You know, you're suffering. You could lose a life because compare that to going to the Hospital, you'd be talking an hour from the Bear Peninsula or the Mizzen. I know. In comparison to three hours. It's just, you know, sometimes, Neil, common sense is not so common. You know, the hospital was built there for a reason, and that would service the people of West Cork, South Kerry. Even people could come from Cork down and reduce the backlogs, the waiting list, and just the suffering of people. I mean, it's just heartbreaking to listen to your, your And what would Bantry here.
2: Hospital be uh, a centre for?
4: Well, you could, like, I mean, you you see there back along where there was people going to the north for cataracts, yeah. replacements, you know, knee replacements. A cataract operation only takes the bones of 10 minutes, Neil. Why can't that be done down here in Bantry? You know, there's been over 2,000 people from Cork and Kerry uh, gone to Belfast to get these operations done. Why not have this in Bantry?
2: And a lot of those and cataract buses actually were were with people from West Cork. Yeah,
4: That's right, West Cork, South Kerry. You know, uh, they were in tremendous pain and, you know, they were able to have their operation in, in the the Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast. You know, no longer suffering. We heard of a story of a man back in Goline. He was suffering for so many years. Made this long journey to Belfast, a 10-minute operation, all, all it took, Neil, was 10 minutes. And um, he's back here now, living in West Cork, quality of life, no more suffering. Um, this could be done in Bantry Hospital. I don't see why not. It's mm. a super centre. you know. It would free up so much more than in CUH, no backlogs, no waiting lists, no more suffering. It just makes sense to me. I don't see why they can Well, can't. I think it
2: makes total sense to many, many people that uh, sickness and illness and pain would, if best... Be dealt with in 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 localized no area, way. but what they created was an HSC system where they put in place centers of excellence amongst them, the CUH.
4: Yeah, it just seems to me they seem to be pushing everything into the cities. You've Dublin, you've Cork, rents are going up, people are stressed, they're trying to find accommodation, the cost, you know, it's just, you know, they should centralise, regionalize a lot of these, you know, they could have the likes of the um, Banty Hospital servicing all the people in West Cork and Cork City, gotcha. you know, the Children's Hospital that's up in Dublin costing billions and still not done, that could have been put somewhere in the Midlands. Why push everything into the cities, Neil? It just doesn't make sense.
2: Thanks for that. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Helen. By uh, email again on teachers, while I understand that teachers and guards and supermarkets workers should get the vaccine sooner rather than later, as a courier with UPS, I've been dealing with 100 people a day every day since this started. I feel so annoyed that we're not being considered for the vaccine along with other frontline workers. After all, courier companies and on post have helped the economy hugely, so that 's from a courier driver who also says that teachers and guards and supermarket workers should have been prioritized i 'm married to a guard and disgusted at people 's comments. My husband spends a lot of days above in the CUH with members of the public, with prisoners, etc., dealing with members of the public in the cells, in the guard station on a daily basis and These are just a few examples of the many compromised situations they find themselves in. He comes home to his family and small baby, and we get on with it as best we can. Why have we turned into a nation of begrudgers and complainers? No one, no other, no wonder every other country is miles ahead of us with reopening. Thank you for that. This email is in response to a caller who had in the show telling teachers to shut up because his 81 year old mother hadn't been vaccinated. Of course, teachers and guardies shouldn't be prioritized before his mother and these vulnerable groups of people. And we don't expect to be vaccinated before the at risk elderly groups. Teachers, those at the very high risk are vaccinated and should be. No teacher out there believes we need to be prioritized ahead of the most vulnerable. I love my job as a teacher, absolutely love it. However, my mental health has taken a hammering in the past year by people every day thinking we did absolutely nothing during the time we were teaching at home. I was preparing and teaching every class live online. I was correcting work, answering emails until 11 o'clock at night, sometimes later. I don't need praise nor a clap on the back. I just got on with the job. However, people every day are calling into your radio station to give out about teachers and other stations besides. I returned to the classroom with the sixth years and fifth years weeks back. I was happy to do so. And I'd be very happy to welcome first to fourth years back on the 12th. That happiness, of course, comes with the anxious and nervous feeling in the pit of my stomach. As a person with asthma, I'm nervous about sitting in the class with 28 other people. For a full 60-minute class. But I'll do it for my students and for my love of my job. Is there ever going to be a person on the radio or social media who's out there to support teachers? There's a constant teacher bashing every day. And it's beginning to have a massive impact on people, on teachers' mental health. Please read this up, but don't share my details. Happy to do so. And a well-written and well-structured email and of teachers to neil at redfm.ie.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red
2: FM. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Michael, good morning. Hello, Neil. Okay, just with regards to that uh, high-speed chase that involved a lot of squad cars and a guard, a jeep yesterday. Eventually, they got their man. You want you to comment on that?
7: Yeah, I did,
9: Neil. I tell you, know, that, that woman that rang in there first, I heard a well ago saying about the, you know, that it was dangerous, the guards was it being like lunatic's knowledge. I think she was being very dramatic, Neil. I tell you, know, I know, personally know a few of the rapid response guards and they go through intensive training and, and tactile training and it might have looked like they weren't in control, but I can guarantee you that they were, that man was in control. I just think she was looking for a bit of airtime and you know making a big fuss out of it, like the guy who was who stole the car in the first place he no mention of him really from her
2: yeah actually i I can't just see i do i I have a kind of a backstory, but i can't go into it because it could well be before the courts i, I everybody That's wants fine. these characters caught, and I'd be the first to defend the guards and they got their man. She says that other lives could have been put at risk because of the speed
9: but Neil, what do you do? You know what I mean? Of course there was going to be speed involved. But she said then as far as from memory, almost that the guy driving the stolen car was almost obeying the rules or obeying the speed limit. Come off
2: it, no Neil. No, and I don't it, think that was the case he at stole all.
9: A car. He stole a car. Yeah. He was trying to get away from the guards. Are you telling me that he wasn't putting? Uh, sorry, you're not telling me. Is that woman telling me that he wasn't putting lives at risk?
2: Well, I have some texts, some witnesses know. that said that his driving also put lives at risk. And he, she, he, but she didn't see that. There was a long. It was a long chase.
9: My point is, I've seen a couple of the videos now where he was apprehended. Nollis and fair play to them; they did their job. Did they need that I, many
2: cars and guards? Do you think?
9: Well, you see, Neil, the problem is, as well, in this country, like, we're not used to this carry-on. If that was the States now, I have cousins in the States, and I have been over there, and you've seen it yourself. There could be there could be 20 squad cars following. It's all about just okay. catch, get, getting the man. I mean, if there, feels, if there needs to be that much manpower to get the job done, fair play. Sometimes... It, there's not a guard to be seen, you know what I mean, the, the other side of it. At least I'm delighted there was enough resources to actually be able to put them on to that guy and do their job and get the job done. And okay, it looked very dramatic, I'm sure, and I've seen the footage now, but... I could guarantee you that guard. there was 10 times a better driver than the fellow who was driving the stalling car.
2: Good stuff, and, because I got her text here, which possibly came from a member of the force. I can't say with any amount of accuracy. or, But it says, Guardy made tactical contact with the car by CBD3, which is... Comp- I you no, hang on, let me, you, let me finish it. Let me finish it. Competency, sorry, sorry. It's, and CBD3 apparently is competency-based driving. It's tactical driver training. Does that make sense you to you?
9: Exactly what he was doing, and he was manoeuvring, okay, she was making it very dramatic, oh, oh he was going up their own cars and this, that. of course he was, that's what he is trained for. She said that, what Comment she made now about him that he kind of had blood uh, what was it
2: like blinkers on and all the I blood was the kind of the blood was up kind of thing you know that so way
9: I, I guarantee you right and i'm a driver
2: myself on the road now every day of the week neil right and i
9: will ho- i'll be the first to put my hand i am no- i'm a good driver i know i am the amount of bad drivers out there nervous drivers people who can't even judge the size of their own car all this carry on right she reminds me of one of them Look, she may not be, but she reminds me of it. Like he, he, I tell you now, right? I guarantee you now that his peripheral vision—if you know what I mean by that—so
2: he can't anticipate yeah. other cars and what they're going to do. Surely, I mean, he's good, I, but he can't be that good.
9: He, okay, he couldn't anticipate if someone was going to pull out in front of Rotten. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I guarantee you, he spotted cars that were, you know, in various places. Like that's what they're. That's what they all the time. That's what they train for intensively. Oh, doing but, like,
2: we, we equally have people complaining. If there was some character speeding around the roads of Cork and there wasn't a guard to be seen, people would be freaking out about that too. And well, then we look, have,
9: Neil, like, wasn't there a poor girl killed in Harbour you Road there uh, not so long ago, a teenager. In a car. Along yeah. the, you know, that's the other side of but it. she was After taking
2: the- a stroll with her children and she ended up pinned up against the wall, she said. Yeah, but Neil, I mean, you know,
9: okay, we're all going, everybody would stand back. But my point is, I suppose my basic point is that the guard was, whereas it looked like he may have been out of control, he was in control. Where I would question whether the young fellow would have been in control or not, you know what I mean? And I, I just think in all this... The times we're in now, this the moment, and you know, times are so hard. And believe me, the guards have had it hard. They've hard work to do. They're not even being considered for vaccines. I just thought it it sounded like a bit of guard bashing, and it you know, it was a bit too one sided for okay. me.
2: Okay, well, I'm all about and, balance and, and giving people an opportunity and to rebut.
9: Okay. Fair play to the, the lads. They did their job. The right response guys have have put themselves. They put themselves in danger every day of the week, and you know You know, I just thought she was making a big. Thank you, Michael. I
2: I leave you on this text of agreement. I agree with Michael. The guards are highly trained for these chases. People who aren't qualified should not speak on this subject. Rapid response are an elite team. So well done to them. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Much obliged, Michael. Thank you. Uh, I was walking on Baker's Road yesterday and I agree the guys driving the Audi A7 SUV, which is the armed response unit, were driving fast too fast. They were definitely going at least 80 kilometres heading towards a very busy junction at the end of Harbourview Road. I can't come on air, but happy for you to share that. Well, there are those in the know that say they may have been driving at speed they're highly trained drivers who know what they're doing. Uh, they got their man. Always bear that in mind. Very happy birthday to Anne Hartnett from Killavullen, who's having a special birthday celebration. Uh, so much love from your husband Paddy, all the children, grandchildren and extended family. Have a great year and you're very special indeed to all of the family. Now the fast one here, uh, well maybe not so fast. I know this is a big ask. You normally don't do birthday wishes but it means so much to take a moment to wish my very special brother and son a happy 60th birthday. Dermot Crean from Kledov. He's fondly known by all as a great brother and a true friend to anyone who's lucky enough to know him he's one of 12 children, 8 boys and 4 girls, Our mother Eileen Crean uh, from Bandon is hale and hearty at 92 and a half years old and she listens to you every day Durr will reach a milestone in his life on Friday, April 2nd when he'll be 60 years young, today only for the current restrictions, we would have a big family get-together, but for the moment we'll have to follow the advice. He had another massive milestone in his life a couple of weeks ago. He was 40 years working in the CUH. In April 1981, he started there as a porter. His wife, Olive, daughter, Samantha, sons, Dermot and Gavin, all are working with the HSE. All frontline staff. It would be great if you could give him and his family a big shout out. Let him know how much we love him. See him, hopefully, in the future. And maybe some of us might see him for the big birthday. But we we'll look forward to seeing him at a day when we can all get together as a family again. Thanks in advance. Please do it on Friday if you can. Um, happy to pass it on. That's from James and Maureen Crean wishing to her a happy birthday. And also, congratulations on 40 years in the CUH. My mum, Grace McAuliffe, and Glenthorne in Dublin Hill will be ninety. On the 7th. I'm sending a little early as I think you might be on holidays next week. <laughs> no, no holidays. What are they? What's a beach? What's the sea? No, but anyway, I'll do the request now, nonetheless. Um, just to say a big thank you to you as you've been great company to my mum and many loyal listeners over the past year during COVID. My, I, I know my mum is being well looked after from nine to midday. So I don't have to worry about her as she has a date with you on a daily basis. You mentioned her last year for her birthday and she got a real thrill. It'll really make her day. But little did we think we'd still be in lockdown for her 90th. And me wishing her a happy birthday on her 89th. I know. This means she'll have no party and family gathering. My brother Cahill and sister Deirdre in San Francisco and their families won't be able to travel. travel, So we'll Zoom and we'll have the celebration when we can. My mum Grace, amazing lady, still bakes and cooks for all the family. And we're so lucky to have in our lives, so much loved her. She's well known and much loved around Dublin Hill and Blackpool because she grew up in Dublin Hill, then moved to Glenthorne, had six children. I won't go through all of that, if you don't mind, because I just don't have time for But God, there's a lot of them, grandchildren and great-grandchildren here and in America. So from everyone, all the family and friends, wish her a happy 90th with so much love. Thanks again, says Eva McAuliffe. So happy birthday, ma'am. Happy birthday, Grace. Nine next week. Happy to wish you birthday. Greetings. That little bit early. The Neil Prendival
1: Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106.
2: Denny Carl, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Neil. Good yeah, morning. And a little bird tells me that you're known as the Lord Mayor of Douglas. Do you have a chain well, and uh, everything?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Somehow Some- they buy
1: Christmere, why yeah. I don't know. I think I <laughs> shook hands with the Lord Mayor one day. Well, maybe and, it's uh, because. the Lord Mayor and they called me the Lord Mayor. Well, after
2: maybe that. it's because you know everything <laughs> and everyone and the whole history of the parish. Were you born in Douglas all of those uh, nearly 88 well, now, years ago? That, that,
1: that, that's a good question, O'Leary Neil, and I won't tell a lie about it. I was born in Tuller Road, which is adjacent to Donald Pitch. Uh, uh, and uh, it was in the parish of Douglas, right? <laughs> that was all the parish of Douglas, one time. In actual fact, the Lord Mayor, or present, uh, or sorry, or Taoiseach, or present Taoiseach, did not know that Corral Road was in the parish of Douglas, but it was. That was so a, no, that was a bear,
2: long time ago yeah, when we were still in the hands of that, the Brits, was quite, it?
1: That's quite true, yeah. That's quite was true. it 1934 no? you were born then? I was born 1934, the 12th of January,
2: Neil, yeah. And where did you go to school?
1: I went to school in in in, in uh, for about uh, twelve months. I made my communion in Tullamore Cross.
2: Yeah,
1: and I crossed the road.
2: And when did you quit school and start working then, Denny? When
1: I, when I, I quit school, I went to work under the. the uh, The 13th of April, 1949, 1949. No, I was born 34, that made me
2: You were just going on 15, yeah. What did you do at the young age of 15 to draw a wage? I I
1: swept floors, I swept floors down in the milling Company. Yeah, swept floors. For 16 shillings and 10 pence for 47 hours.
2: A 47-hour week. And did you bring all of that money home to the family then? Borrowed all
1: home, borrowed all home. Sixteen in tempers, and I got the one in tempers, and mother got the fifteen shillings
2: go away go away, and from yeah, there yeah. then did you go on to other jobs i i, I graduated <laughs> <laughs> from uh, the floor from a yeah, floor, yeah. Floor sweeper. I, I
1: spent i spent about twenty years there and then I went there myself
2: and also i think uh Kinsale Golf Club were you a steward down there were you playing yes, golf down yes, there yes yes correct correct I was yeah yep. you must have seen huge changes though from the 30s Absolutely. to today though well
1: Douglas that time uh, Neil just sizzle a small house, as you probably know Douglas well yeah, yourself. Do. Yeah, I'm only
2: a blow uh, th- in, though. That's the difference between well, uh, the two of us.
1: That's for you to say that, no, <laughs> Neil, but I, I would have said it that in the conversation <laughs> later on. I would have said that. I actually know where you live.
2: I know, yeah, I'm a <laughs>
1: blow in. <laughs> there were big beach trees. There were big beach trees up there other one time, and just below it. There was a uh, an orchard.
2: So you married you married Mary in fifty seven. Mary lived
1: Mary made, Mary lived in in, in Beaumont Colleges over in Balintimfield. I know them. And uh, we got uh, I tell you the full story now. We got married on the twenty second. Our engaged on the twenty second of of May nineteen. 55, got engaged and we got married in 1957 Just yes, you're
2: so well, mad to remember to your engagement day, yeah. I don't know how many so, I don't know where
1: you were around that time at all. <laughs> oh yeah. thank
2: god I was still in the the yeah. no yeah. <laughs> I had a few yeah. years yeah. yet before I was born you, you, you most certainly have you and, most certainly have and
1: on the day you got
2: married there was others getting married on the same day were,
1: there? There, there, yes the very unusual thing happened there there were three weddings on the day Got married in St. Columbus Church in Douglas on the 22nd of uh, April, April, yeah. April, correct. And there were two more families. Uh, there were six, all in the same church. I got married at half past seven. Now, people have said, half past seven that's in the a, morning you got married? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So if there. you didn't kneel that time... Uh, I'm giving you a bit of history you now. Uh, if you didn't get married in the morning, you were talked about. Why? <laughs> you were ta- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> you often have the, the the wedding breakfast.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. The wedding
1: breakfast. Not the wedding dinner, no, the wedding breakfast. The reason it was called the wedding breakfast was everyone got married in the morning. If you got married in the evening, hmm, when you get out of town, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Shotgun, is it? <laughs> Yeah, Shotgun wedding exactly what? absolutely you hit it in, in here at quarter past eight we had another wedding <laughs> Liam Bennett and his beloved and we had a third wedding uh, Dalton's Noel Dalton and his wife who only lived just two doors and she, we buried Noel's wife there a couple of weeks oh uh, sorry to hear that four or five months
2: yeah and uh, where did you go after a half seven wedding like do you go for something to eat or I, I'll tell you <laughs> I'll tell you. Back to bed. There
1: were three prices inside in the Imperial Hotel, sorry in the the Metropole, and the prices on the menu were twelve and sixpence, the old money, fifteen shillings, and seventeen and six. <laughs> no, we didn't want to let everyone know that we didn't that we were poor, so we didn't go for the twelve and six. We didn't want to let everyone know that we were very rich. <laughs> that we went for the. the, the sorry, the twelve six just cheap one. Yeah, the tw- seventeen and six was the expensive one. So we went for the fifteen shillings.
2: What do you get for
1: that? So, you know, what we got for that? Well, we got enough to eat anyway. <laughs> I think I think our Bill. No, my poor father now got be with him, and he paid for the wedding, which cost. I believe a hundred and one pounds. No, that time, as you know, there were two hundred and thirty pence in a pound. Kids wouldn't know that. No, twelve shillings.
2: That was a lot of money. Because there was no, there was no drink at that, so there wasn't. Oh no, no, no! You had to bring in your own drink,
1: and you'd slip in in every door. You bring in it through the roof <laughs> <laughs> because for every every uh, bottle that you brought in, you had to pay what they call
2: the But who'd want to actually drink at a wedding at nine o'clock in the morning? Oh well there were a
1: couple of Huddy Bives in Douglas that time <laughs> for Neil, you know. And after the yeah. Metropole wedding then was there a honeymoon? Yeah. I tell you there was there was a, a big honeymoon a big honeymoon is right. I got the eleven thirty train to Dublin. Lower Hat Street in Dublin and I stayed there for six days that was your honeymoon. Knocking, that was around,
2: that knocking around Dublin.
1: Walking around. And uh, not spending money because we didn't have it to spend.
2: Oh Looking God. at shop windows. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. And the swans in the lippy. So you married Mary and sadly she passed five years ago.
1: She did. Passed, passed five years ago. We were, we were married almost, almost. Uh, she died in 2016. We would have been married uh, sixty years. Yeah,
2: yeah. In the course of that long life, then together. Yeah. As I say, you must have seen a load of changes. But I wonder, did oh your God. parents, did your parents tell you about the Douglas before you? You know the stories of old, uh, the days of the trams, the old big houses, because there were many old big posh houses in Douglas. Uh, well, they
1: didn't. They couldn't have told me much about Douglas village as such, because. We all moved out there together. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I wasn't born naturally, but uh, from well, yeah, because they uh, were in Turners yeah, Cross. Uh, yeah, my, yeah. my mother came from High Street. She was remember the balance of Wimpole Street, while well, she was the balance of High Street.
2: Go on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So I uh, came out there in nineteen fifty. Out in nineteen forty, sorry, nineteen forty, into Columbus Terrace in Douglas, and I know every person that. Moved in there w- w- in 1940, yeah. And there was an old lady, uh, Mrs Stout, she was the last surviving person.
2: Uh, are you aware of the importance of Douglas over the centuries, like with regards to the Woollen Mills and Hartys Quay and St. Oh, Patrick's yeah, and yeah, Donny yeah, 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 and, yeah. The, and all of the cottages that were built around yeah, Douglas oh, for the absolutely. workers? oh,
1: absolutely. Donnybroke, Oh, absolutely. Do you see that in eighty-two years? know
2: and you were in Douglas through the war. Do you oh, recall yes, any absolutely. of the war? Absolutely,
1: never lived, never lived
2: outside Douglas. But the war never. years must have been tough. Uh, things would have been very yes, short. Yeah, I
1: remember. I remember the. I remember the above uh, the previously we spoke there about the the uh, the students staying above in the in the Yeah, and uh, you'd hear the sirens going off. Oh, I remember it well.
2: But you sang all your life, I'm told, did you?
1: Well, <laughs> uh, uh, my, my dad brought me into a pub when I was about 17 or 18, and, and say, there was a pub inside and down the street there. White Street, is it?
2: White Street, I yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and, uh, yeah, they used to just have a sing-song there every Sunday evening, so one day he said to me, then, you might know, try try a song, I said, well, if I make hell," I said, uh, uh, I said, well, I'd have to try one. So I did, and, uh, we took her over from there yeah I love, love, love singing all my life you know uh, when, yeah. when
2: you were courting say for instance or growing up or going out with Mary yeah. where where would you socialise? we socialise <laughs> an
1: ill, an, an Ill- only road <laughs> we had no money <laughs> where there was no lights you went down there and you came back again that's what how we socialized socialise
2: but did you not have the price of the boat club no, or no, the Majorca well, oh,
1: what could you do with 16 and 10 pence? You couldn't get, get into the Arcadia, no? Oh, they long, long ago. Dally Butler, yeah, one and 8 pence, yeah. Friday night, yeah. It's a wonder she stuck oh. with you at
2: all without a penny in your pocket.
1: Yeah, No, nothing, ain't, nothing. Ain't. But that's, that's the way, like, love was love that time, like right? She was in love, and what could she do about and, it? And say
2: over the years, then, <laughs> if you went for a pint in Douglas, what would your pub <clears throat> in yeah. Douglas be? Which one? Cause you've a My delo- pub
1: in Douglas would be <clears throat> Daddy's. Barries, the present Barry's, no, not your pub, no Barry's here. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's Peter Collins' print. No, no, not that. Way back the when the... PJ's, PJ's. It was called PJ's. PJ Barry's, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I drank, I drank it down there for ten pence. You got three pints for a half crown. It was eight half crowns in a
2: pound, the old money. But I thought that the old characters in Douglas only drank in the tinny shed.
1: The tinny shed is only a wet day wet, wet with a bar. <laughs> You'll be barred. That's only a wet day. The bar and the tinny shed is only a wet day. No one knew whether the, the, the uh, tinny shed was there. You know who gave the tinny shed the tinny shed name? I don't know. I don't know. I tell you, the guy driving the taxis. You got a taxi. Where is it? The place over there is like a tinny shed. <laughs> a, it's a tinny shed. It's a St. It Columbus Hall. If you ask people in Douglas today, where's the new road? <laughs> they would know what you will be talking about. I don't know. Where the, is the, it? The sloughs, the dry dean, Eden's <laughs> Gore, Neil, I could be talking from, but they wouldn't have a clue what they're talking about. But they were all old all little spots when we were growing Ah,
2: but it's a it's a very vibrant community now, isn't it? I mean, in the 80s, oh, I remember yeah. it in the 80s, it was so quiet, there wasn't a lot going oh, on. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. The yeah. only yeah. thing that would take you to Douglas at on one stage was a pint in Liam O'Driscoll's or something like that, you know? Well, very oh, quiet. my God, almighty, as, you, as you spoke
1: about, Liam, it was, in my opinion, the greatest pub on the planet. On yeah. the planet.
2: Well, he was one heck of a, of a landlord, wasn't he? He was he the had, best. He was... Excellent, and he I'm delighted the you drew up his name now, because
1: we still talk about the old, there are not too many old timers going in there, no, I still go in there now, uh, Neil, yeah, right? Yeah. But there aren't many, uh, at that, uh, that, that time now, there's not many people that he was going there with with me and they go with what, another two, two or three, but uh it's you know, all new people coming. I now but yeah, we well, we'll agree.
2: We'll agree that it was one of life's gentlemen, and you and you raised some gentlemen and grandchildren and all, didn't you? With five kids, three boys, two girls, all uh, well. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, uh, <clears throat> well, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, the great kids, thank God. And uh, I don't know whether they drank as much as their father did, no. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's been
2: another day <laughs> you didn't have one of your lads isn't a Dennis Carroll no I have indeed you know him yeah yeah and, and you do and yeah. oh, was he in the pub business and club business <laughs> he was indeed That's the are, same guy yeah. oh my yeah, god I haven't yeah, seen yeah, him in yeah. years he's a lovely that's guy Dennis, that's you? Dennis that,
1: Dennis I see Dennis every single day yeah. unbelievable mean, I know that yeah you were friends going back yeah,
2: yeah. Well, friends going way back loves his music right. loves the Smiths big fan of Morrissey that's, that's Great right guy. and and I can tell you, the,
1: up to this minute, I was speaking to you. know he has every one of them still. He's into music and in a Big huge time.
2: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge yeah. way. A yeah. class act. A class act. So huge, you, you've you've gone yeah. through you've gone through open heart surgery back at a time when yeah, there yeah, wasn't a I huge survival I, rate. me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I did indeed in 1984. And uh, the three people who looked after me, Mister Nelligan, God be with him. Yeah, it was a great house. Um, Doctor
2: done. Have you had your jabs and everything?
1: Oh yeah, all of Three weeks the second one, I'm over three weeks now. Yeah. So you're going to drive and on? I, no, 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 come back, no, come back. I'm fine. And never better. And what's he, se- and, and that is true. And what's the secret? What's the to- secret. Yeah. <laughs> the secret is, don't do what you're told to do. <laughs> do the opposite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'll only get you into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I no, told
1: No, but I thank God, up, and I got over it, and God loves the three of died, yeah? Mr. Nelligan, eh? and it was a huge thing that then I mean, you got the last. Imagine, I got the last, right? I was 50 years of age, I got it. Did you know you when were
0: getting was, them?
1: Did you know? Were you conscious? Oh, no. Well the, well, the priest called me down to the corner, he said, Come down here in the ward, I'll have a word with you. You're going for a serious operation. Who's <laughs> oh, Jesus, right? This is it.
2: And and I'm told as well. One of the other secrets is you never made an enemy of your life in your life.
1: Well, not that I know of anyway. I don't know, Neil. I, I don't. I don't think I did.
2: There's no good in no. hate or carrying grudges. There's not. There's no. Nothing no. In. No. I I tell you, you no. Know, uh, when when I went
1: to Dublin for my operation. I had people coming in to see me every day, yeah. so you got oranges and apples and whatever, yeah. so I got the same tomorrow, so my theory was to give them away and look after people. I always made sure that the pillar next, alongside of me, got the same as I got.
2: Be kind so, of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that, that is true. So a big but, believer uh, in giving back and uh, random acts Absolute. of kindness, isn't it true? Absolutely, absolutely. So
1: I flew through my operation in Dublin, thank God, and as well as mother, and uh, here I am today, I'm still, still going to, and I attribute that to being kind.
2: And how have you managed in the last 12 months when they kind of put a, a bit of a clip to your gallop?
1: Well, no, I just stayed in and looked out to win it 13, 13 months. <laughs> no, no, I don't, truthfully, like I love my point the same as anyone else, so, and uh, you know, I missed the singing, all you know, like we have been little choir there, and we. Participate in them yeah. uh, funerals, and that's all gone. You know, yeah, but it moment. won't be
2: long now, hopefully. hopefully.
1: Well, well, hopefully. You know, we missed that, like, because you missed the, the, the people, you missed the chat. And but
2: come bars, here, before right? I go, will you give us a bar of a song? Last night,
1: while the snowflakes were falling, here in my dreams, I could see the Cherry blossom, how shall I As I walk with Anna Anna Marie Anna Marie Anna Marie My heart remembers inside
2: well done, Denny. You're yeah, some man no, for no, a character no. who's nearly <laughs> 90 years old. Fair play to you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's
1: great, it's great to talk to Le- you, it really is. <laughs> lovely to talk to you, through, and thanks to me, Denny. All right, and Denny. I just wanna, <coughs> and I have to give a mention here, Neil. It's all about being involved in this. I'm also involved in the uh, president of Douglas Hall Football Club. So that keeps me occupied. You better believe it. And I'm also involved with Phil Martin, a great Philly Goodman. A great woman with a younger heart and Well, Douglas, you probably. I do heard of them indeed. and
2: I know Phil Goodman and it's important yeah. to keep yourself busy and occupied. Yes indeed, yeah, yeah. it's we do, we do. Uh, and you meet lots of friends and make great
1: friends over the years.
2: See you soon when see? we're knocking around Douglas and we might bump into each other.
1: Yeah, exactly, I'd say <laughs> in some someday you'll have an arms or something. All right, Denny, cheers, take okay, care. Okay, God bless. All the, the best, meeting. bye. Bye-bye.
2: Lord Mayor of Douglas, and I believe that Denny, a little bird, told me that Denny got married on the same day <coughs> as the great Joe Mack. Sandra Murphy of the Metrobol loved Denny's story, uh, and he's warming everybody's hearts, and they'd like to treat him to afternoon tea. And they will be delivering afternoon tea from the Metrobol to Denny on a day that suits. And the Dalton family, two doors down, say hello to Denny. He sang at their mam's funeral. What a gentleman says Aiden Dalton and all of the family. I think I know Aiden Dalton. He's one of life's gentlemen. Now, a very special request for my mother. Pauline O'Leary-Magner, special mention, she only came home from hospital after 10 months, imagine, over 300 days in hospital, so they're delighted to have her home again, all of the family, all of the children and all of the grandkids, now I'm out of time, unfortunately I um, can't say any more about the high speed chase, I've been told all sorts of different stories about it, but much of it will be before the courts but let me just tell you, the guards did a good job Rathbeacon Fireplaces in Hollymount Reynolds Logistics in Little Island good morning to TK First Aid in McCroom, to everybody working at Cork Cleaning Solutions and Money Gourney who are listening this morning, to Riverview Vets and Carrigaline to the Vision Contracting Team on the Model Farm Road, to Striker, r d Carmody, Realty, uh, Childcare in Glanmire, Eason's in Matten Point, St. Luke's Home, Smurfett's, everybody at Feelings Pharmacy in Glanmire, uh, all of the staff at Toss Bryans in from Moy, and to everybody who's uh, working above on a roof apparently in Doris because of wind damage. So with all that in mind, um, oh actually, they're actually one of the winners today, Are three different winners for free for Friday include Kieran, Tony and Colm fixing the roof down in Doris due to damage fantastic guys who stopped other jobs to sort it out. So pizza for those guys. You'll be sharing it because they're going to get four large pizzas to share with sides from Oak Fire Pizza. or other winners this morning, MMD Construction at the Airport Business Park, Shirley and all of the staff. And I love this one because it's for the Rainbow Club. We've been helping many children and families, especially through the pandemic. And today is World Autism Day. So it would be a lovely treat for them, says Natalie O'Callaghan. And we will duly oblige for the day that's in at the Rainbow Club, hot piping pizzas for you, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Before I love you and leave you, get calling now. We have, uh, courtesy of Super Value and Balancolic, four prizes to give away, and each of them is 10 kids easter eggs so four winners of 10 easter eggs each you can then come and collect them but only call if you can collect them here from red fm between midday and three o'clock today so we'll take callers 10 11 12 and 13 on 1 8 106 for all of the business it will have to hold i wish you well uh, and i hope you have a terrific long weekend enjoy um the easter break uh, back here again on tuesday